Hi, this is Sanford Green, artist on Runaways, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Wow. That was perfect in every way. Jason, you having a party? Uh, actually, we are. My wife is having a uh, annual uh, book club Christmas party. You got mashed potatoes? <laughs> there are about 25 women in there. Oh, I love that shit. Hot. Steak makes you super hot. Hop in the beer. What even happened? I don't know. Oh, I'm all out of sorts. I uh, admit I am not prepared for tonight. We have to wing it. I know, right? I do have a couple things I'd like to talk about. Yeah. That damn Tarzan trailer, which looks awesome. Didn't see it. Oh, oh my God. It looks great. I'm, I'll take your word for it. You and those old characters, man. I know. Showing your age. Them. Love them so much. Come on, Tarzan's timeless. Age before booty. No, it it, yeah. it looks good. I I love the whole Lord Greystoke thing and and the um, it's it's I guess like it's five years after he's been found or whatever. But it looks it looks good. But it also looks like they are definitely it, it's it's very Hobbit, King Kong, Planet of the Apes kind of feel. It it, it looks very technology driven. There's a lot of um, very big. Yeah. I think there, I don't know what, it's a herd of what. It's unrampaging. But there, there's a gigantic herd of something. You heard? And they're coming over the hills and it just, it's big. It looks really big. It is big. That's what she said. But you have to admit, the gorillas are on point. Yeah, the gorillas are great. I would admit that if I knew what you were talking about, but cool. Well, maybe if you were around during the day. Oh, hilarious. That's never going to happen. Guy goes back to work, all of a sudden he's, uh, he's, he's, he's online again. (laughs) He's got an internet connection. Guy was 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 free of any responsibility for like for four it and a half months straight, like, yeah, and we, like, he couldn't was, he couldn't buy the log onto a computer to talk to no. his booze, and now all of a sudden I'm getting guilt. Oh, it was so good. Moving capital, dog got stuff to do. That's right. Money's in motion. You're a busy man. How'd uh, Toyota go? Da, 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 da. <laughs> hey everybody! <laughs> hey. What is that taboo? God, I don't be talking about my stuff. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock comics episode. 11 o'clock comics. I did not say that. 11 o'clock comics, 398. 398, do the math. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B, our, our, our working man. And I am David A. Price. You are. And I don't want to do the math. I want to do the stanky leg. But more importantly, I am the recently deposed... Because I was exposed for my corruption, the Supreme Chancellor Valorum. Wow. Look at you, tying it all up. You are not the Supreme Chancellor. Played by what phenomenal actor? David. Dude, he was asking you. Don't look at me. I'm terrible with names. No, you know this actor. You're going to be kicking yourself. Supreme Chancellor Valorum. 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 Um, I don't know. It's disappointing. I seriously don't know. What is it? Terrence Stamp. Okay, Terrence Stamp. I like. I loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, General Zod. Yeah, now that I picture it, yeah. I gotta say, while you said General Zod, I don't hate mm. 
I don't hate mm. that Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman trailer. Oh, I hated it. I do think they're incredibly... <laughs> no, no, listen. I do think they're incredibly stupid for showing their ace in the in their hand. <laughs> and I like how people are like... I, li- I like how people are like, that's not his final evolution. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter that he evolves, that he changes, that that's not his final look. They blew it by, they did. by just showing you the fact that... He shows up. They... No, wait, wait, wait. I think you're missing the... Uh, is it just me or does it look like there's parademons in it too? Yeah, there are. That's... But see, that I don't know if that... Yes, yes, that that is... That's the consensus. Uh, but because that happens like in that deserty type situation that where Clark shows up and... Or, I'm sorry. The Man of Hope shows up and, and unmasks Batman. I don't know if that's real time in the movie that, that I don't know if that's a Wonder Woman vision I don't know if that's if, if that's a dream sequence but mm. um but yes it definitely looks like they're building to something which you know kind of brings it back to the new 52 because that was their that was the big bad in uh so hot if I can't do anything about the background noise I'm sorry that's all right that's hot that's so hot been in my house I'm a good 2,000 feet away from these ladies they're just being loud Wow. I ha- I have to say though, do not believe that man can fly. I also do not believe that the other dude can hide in the shadows, but I am just solely based on the trailer entirely convinced that that is Wonder Woman. She does yeah, look that's good. the one redeeming part of that whole thing. That's Wonder Woman with the bomb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know Daphne. It seemed like yeah. you two both both didn't hate it. I, I I thought it was just comically bad, but I thought it had it had some good beats. I thought there were some things that are like, oh, that that's cool. That's, you know, as a comic book fan, I dig it. I dislike Zack Snyder's vision for this. I dislike yes. the way, um, just the way it's still so fucking washed out and gray and, and, yeah, and what is up with the color? It's, it, it's ridiculous. That's what I said. DC's afraid of primary colors. Right. They, the flash should be bright red. They need to hire, uh, a Jordi Belair or Dave Johnson as a movie consultant. They for still- real. I'm sorry. Dave Stewart, too. Yeah, that guy, too. That guy. Yeah. And, but you're not Chancellor Valorum. You're, dude, you're, Valorum. You, that's <laughs> what I said. Valorum. You're not You're not the boss of me. I don't know the incidental characters and I don't, I don't pay attention. Listen, he uh, doesn't care that E.T. was a member of the Senate. By the way, mm. you want to wrap your mind around something crazy? What's that? Jar Jar Binks uh-huh. equals Sith Lord. No. Yep. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Colin brought it up to me, and I was like, "You're you cray cray." Then he showed me some evidence online. Yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah, I read that too. It's silly. It's probably junk. It's probably junk, but let's be honest. It, it it'd be a way cooler if that was what what actually was going down. I'm telling you, they dropped the ball many times during the prequels. How cool would it have been if after Darth Maul was cut in half, they salvaged his parts? And that was who Darth, um, what's his, what the fuck's his name? The one that Obi-Wan fought in the third movie with the multi-arms. Oh, uh, uh, Grievous? Grievous. Oh, that would be, that would be very cool if they did that. Well, I guess you didn't, you didn't watch the cartoon. No. Cause, cause Darth Maul comes back in the Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they put his, his, to your point, they put his severed top back on a, uh, a set of yeah. like eight legged, uh, like an, an robotic eight legged. That uh, was in, uh, the Clone that's, Wars. That's cool. That is cool. Did you see, did you see, uh, Lucas saw the new movie and he said, um, yes, fans of the originals will, will love this movie, but he didn't say if he liked it. No, he, he, he 
can't. Well, it's irrelevant. But- it, it is irrelevant because the man is so far up his own ass that he can't make a movie anymore yeah. to save his life. He's proved that. The fact that Lucas said that we're going to like it and he didn't say that he liked it bodes very well for this movie. I agree. Yep. The uh, uh, Morgan Stanley sent me a thing today. Their media analyst talking about how uh, their their expectations. They expect uh, it to do 220 million in the U.S. in the opening week. Yikes. I'm surprised it's not a Wednesday opening, honestly. Yeah, um, well, I guess there's a lot of controversy about this because, you know, there's, while there's no question it's going to be massive, every massive movie has come out in the summer. And there's just no precedent for a movie in December over the holiday season to do the kind of numbers everyone's expecting it to do. So, somebody's either peeing or pouring, I don't know what. Pouring, pouring, baby. Um... And so, yeah, there's a lot of controversy because Wall Street, including ourselves, who own Disney stock, are counting on this to be record-breaking. Um, but, you know, it's it's it'll be unprecedented in a lot of ways because December is not usually a super strong month for box office. It's right. a good month for Oscars. Usually the Oscars. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, it, you, it's already done. It's already got, they've sold $50 million in pre-sales for the film already for the first weekend. So. I mean, that's Nerds. that's a great opening by itself, and that's just pre-sales. So, yeah, yeah. You know where all that money came from? Discount Comic Book Service. All the all the dough people saved at Discount nice. Comic Book Service, For they really turned it around. Dough. They bought Star Wars tickets. For real, though. And you can save massive amounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles. All you have to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService dot com, where you can reap massive rewards. Get this. It, the new list is up, and it is awesome. From Vertigo, we have Dark and Bloody, number one of six, written by Sean Aldridge, art by Scott Godzlewski, and the cover artist is Tyler Crook. Uh, this is purported to be about guns, moonshine, and monsters. Back in their combat days, Iris's regiment got involved in something they shouldn't have, and now a deadly otherworldly consequence has come looking for vengeance. Okay, I'm in. Uh, from Image, it's Mirror, number one, by Emma Rios, an artist, I'm going to butcher this, Huey Lim, it's H-W-E-I Lim, would that be pronounced Huey, I'm guessing? Uh, no Huey. This is an ongoing, and if you look in your previews catalog, you will see some pretty damn spectacular preview pages for this, uh, with one drawback. With this. The lettering sucks. But anyway, it's canned lettering. But the art is fantastic. And I'm sure the story will be too from Miss uh, Rios. Uh, this is a $2.99 cover price. Respect for an ongoing. You can get it for half that. $1.49. Last but not least from Dark Horse. This thing is purported to be the greatest zombie manga of all time. That's saying a lot. A lot. It is coming out of Dark Horse. The uh, man in charge is Kengo Hanazawa, and it is called I Am Hero. You can get a massive 500-page-plus omnibus, collects the first two uh, volumes, I believe. Cover price is $19.99. Your price, $9.99. That's 50% off. I've seen um, – this is one thing I've never read, oddly enough, and I've seen preview pages from it, and I am in again. All these things I tell you about, I'm ordering. So I back it up, right? You should too. 
DCBService.com. Go get cheap comics. Do it now. Yeah. Do it. And I, I have a thank you tied into our sponsor. What's this? Huge thank you to Christina, uh, the, uh, the co-owner and, uh, spirit guide of discount comic book service because she confirmed to me the receipt of a certain special package that we were arranging and, oh, nice. and assured me that uh, said package will be distributed in in uh, everywhere it's going to go over the next uh, two weeks of shipments. Sweet. Yeah, pretty awesome. I heard they're pretty yeah. nice. Also, shout out to uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, not that the dude's yeah. he's, he's 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 pining for his own his own thank you. No, shout out to our our wonderful producer slash graphic designer for <laughs> designing said insert. Which uh, I don't know. We don't want to spoil it. Maybe. Well, no. Well, well, a lot of our listeners aren't. They should. They should all be. Every one of our listeners should be a discount comic book service customer. But I'm yeah. guessing it's not exactly one for one. I am. I'm looking forward to the tweets and Facebook posts of. Of the DCBS customers and our listeners who open up their package and see what you are talking about. Yes, exactly. And while we're at it, shout out to Daniel White once yes. again for the wonderful 2015 EOC logo that we have been using proudly all year and is also in some strong way tied into the thing we're trying not to explicitly talk about. Right. Yes. Which brings up a very interesting and poignant um, matter. At 2015 is going down the toilet very yes, soon so we are going to be very much in need of another um piece of album art for our itunes that's right uh gig so i mean daniel white hey i would like nothing more than to have another piece of original daniel white art for our um our logo but if somebody else wants to compete mm, this bam. year well, call me crazy i have an me? idea and i'm doing it on the air so we can't even take no take backsies okay Mm. I'm, I'm sure this idea includes me. No, but go no, ahead. It what? No. Okay. <laughs> let's let's. You can def, well. It may. It don't, you can define the parameters of which the logo must be. Okay. But let's have a contest for the logo. The winning logo that we will choose amongst ourselves not only gets will be the we will use that logo proudly as our main logo for next year. And I use it on yeah. Everything. It'll be on yeah. the yeah. iTunes, oh, yeah. on the Stitcher, all that. But and here's the here's where I think we're gonna get deluged. The logo, the winner of the contest, if they're interested, can be our guest on a show next year. Wow. I thought you were supposed to entice them. Bro, let's be honest. I think that's a big guess. <laughs> okay. You don't think? No, that's awesome. I mean, I think it would be really fun, but... but we've, know, we've, I mean, we've, had, we, we've had some guests that... Uh, hey. Bernie writes them, please it's enter. A contest. <laughs> it is a contest. It's a contest. Uh, I mean, look, maybe Scotty's like dying to be on. He wants to enter. <laughs> maybe he Seattle, wants to enter. <laughs> maybe Stegman and Norton. I love how I, I and we are. Well, for Stegman, it would be are, a boost. Oh, we are, we are. <laughs> yeah, let's see what you got. There, uh, I mean, we are pretty much stone supporters of people who are like, listen, get paid for your shit. You know, don't, don't, but meanwhile, we're like, yeah, 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 but, but send us a logo. We'll, we'll use your logo. We get paid. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I mean, we're not making any money on that. I know. Oh, but. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we could we could easily uh, we could pay a person for the logo or whatever, but I mean, it would be fun. I mean, generally the people that submit logos are listeners of the show, or they wouldn't even hear about us needing a logo. So I don't know. It might be fun if, if 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 we'll, I'd be interested to see if this gets us lots of extra submissions. So sure, if you'd like to 
we'd love to see you compete one way or the other, if, even if you're shy or not interested in being on the show. But let's just uh, let's let's do it. Let's be crazy. Let's throw caution to the wind. Works for me. And um, if you are Mike Plug or Richard Corbin, please enter this contest. Please. Speaking of some of your heroes, remind me afterward on recording. I had a conversation this week with another one of your heroes. My heroes? Well, I don't know if he's a hero per se, but someone that you lo- you you adore their work and oh, it's one of your favorites of all time. Cool. And um, just so it's not one-sided, we are going to um, put this up to the listenership as well as ourselves to vote on. How about that? <laughs> mm, I don't like that as much. Mm, yeah. Why? I, I like us to have the say as what we're I love – you know, there – all right, just erase that this shit. Why, and this I is why we usually do these things on Messenger before yes. we yes. do the show. <laughs> now it's like, oh, I'm just, you know, if you don't want to be on the show, then you give us the theme of an episode, and we'll just, you know, we'll read okay. whatever you want, and and we'll talk about that for an episode. There we go. See, Dap's always thinking. The winner gets candy. I just, I'm worried about, you know, like, we, all right, so what have you been reading? And it's fucking crickets. And it's like, I, that, that's just my only, I mean, and I'm not, no, not that I'm not guilty of that. Andrew, it's just, it's, you're saying, Dap, you're saying our listeners aren't up to snuff? It's, no. It's exactly what I'm saying. You just Damn, nailed that. it, bro. You nailed it. It's fucked up. I know. <sighs> so anyway, uh, that, that's your thank you? My thank you is to Christina. Yes. Okay. Um, I, um, I had a pretty good mail week so far. Uh, I received a Kickstarter. I believe Jason did too. We are both uh, listed in the back of the book. In oh, any cool. Case. I, didn't op- I didn't open mine yet, but cool. Oh, okay. Uh, the Secret Loves of oh, Geek nice. Girls, edited by Hope Nicholson, arrived. And it, it, it lo- it's, it's nice. It's thick. Um, good quality. I, I started flipping through it, reading a couple of the, uh, it's, there's a lot of pros and, and there are some, some comics and there's some spot illustrations. It, it looks really great, but, um, it, it of course also has a fantastic cover by our, um, our, our favorite Menage three artist, Gisela Zay, And, uh, I also received, uh, some art from Mr. Nate Stockman that I will have to scan and post. And that looks amazing. And, and I think I got maybe two characters, the only two characters that Jason has not yet had. <laughs> draw for him so um I, I, <laughs> yeah. as we're as we're sitting here having this conversation by the way i'm sending nate an email right now <laughs> yeah I, I sent him an email yesterday I, t- I asked him for uh for one more and uh and that should be coming hopefully next week so nice. uh, I'm, I'm stoked for that but the spider-man he drew is absolutely amazing i i i seriously love it and and he actually i mean no lie i mean you could have somebody say you know, if we're walking around a convention, you're like, oh, you guys were at 11 o'clock. Yeah, I love your show, you know, and how's Chris? And it's like, dude, he hasn't been on. And like, you know, so, but so Nate fun. honestly does listen to the show because I threw out one character. And before I even needed to say, you know, to, to, to clarify anything, he's like, nah, dude, I, I don't worry. It, it, it's always been hell. So it's just, it was, he, he, awesome. he knows. So it's, he's one he, of them. Well, he, no he's a listener. Yeah. So, um, and he is, he is hella cool. So yeah, he, uh, he was on his way to the post office this morning, I believe, or it was sent out this morning. So, um, I'm, I'm stoked for that. But yeah, he, uh, it's, and I do believe, actually, I guess Jason just got in under the wire because I think, uh, he is wrapping up just so that he can, uh, get them all out in time for the holidays. So I do believe the special, the sale, the discount might be over, but man, I, every day, Practically every twenty minutes, his Twitter uh, there was another hit of just. You How know. fast is this mofo, too? <laughs> Seriously, 
And it's not I mean, like he's damn. just like on like you know stick figures or Charlie. Oh, this Runner is, this is like Katie he's... Cook. No, this isn't like those Katie Cook cards. This is like homeboys drawing some 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 stuff. Oh, I mean, so I mean, that was speechless. I love it. So anyway, I love it. Um, yeah. So that's 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 the uh, that's the other thank you. But no, we're um. Oh, I guess now we can. Uh, are we going to? Get anybody else involved as far as next week's special extravaganza? Or are we going to keep that close to the well, vest? You I was, I was see again. It's funny how for the first time in like our eight years doing this show, we're we're, we're talking about things on the air that we normally talk about off the air. Yes. Um. Uh. I was going to suggest that maybe we do have a guest, but it have to be, I would think, a, a friend of ours that is deep, deep, deep in that subject matter. Well, I I think I know. Someone who is, and we will talk about that. Okay. Yeah, but I just, I didn't know if you wanted to get, let, give the listeners a heads up so they can maybe catch up on some things that if they haven't. All right. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to just, or just be like, and hey, you know, here's. You know our, what? Let's do it. We'll work in a, uh, a live tweet. An EOC live tweet. Right now or next week? No, 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 for next week. Okay. So, I like so I guess we're, you're saying, yeah, I guess you're saying we'll spoil the surprise. We can if you want to. It's your call. Well, what do you think? We'll let Vince decide. Yes. You be the decider. I don't really care. Do what you got to do. Oh, of course. I was expecting that. <sighs> You're like the Switzerland of decision making. <laughs> I, I am extremely neutral. <laughs> I am. All right, we'll do it. So Dap is alluding to you know we've we've referenced a little bit cryptically that we've got a special episode coming up, and uh, you know you, you probably don't need to be Sherlock Holmes to put the timing of this together and to realize intros. Yeah, exactly. So next week on, uh, we're actually going to record a day early. So you'll be, you'll be hearing it likely the day before the big release. We are going to do a Star Wars themed episode. It will be 100% Star Wars from the beginning of the show through our inner travels. We'll be discussing Star Wars in all its very many fashions. We're, we're going to be able to, we're going to have lots of leeway because there's been a crap ton of Star Wars comics over the years as well as show the, the TV shows, the movies, the ancillary things. So there's, there's lots of, of wiggle room in how we're going to approach the episode. But basically our task has been we want to bring Star Wars and celebrate it on the week of the big release. So I know one of the things we're definitely doing is we're, we are coming up with a top five list of our top five favorite Star Wars characters. Jackson, Jackson, and Jackson. That's three, but okay. <laughs> um so, listeners, if you'd like to partake, you can hit us up on the uh, 11 O'Clock Comics Twitter handle, if you want, or on the Facebooks that day. We'll post a thread. Um, and we will uh, like to hear your top five. And, again, this is there's no rules here. You can be, if you want to do a top five from the movies, if you want to do a top five expanded universe, if you want to do top five Dark Horse, if you want to do a top five across anything, whatever you want. Top five Sith. Yeah, and top five and whatever you want. And and we're not and right like you just said, Dark Horse. It's not we're not limiting it to just canon. Anything that was Star right, Wars right. related since the seventies is yep. is fair game. The Ewok the comic special. Strips, yes, you know, be right, if B. Arthur is your favorite Star Wars character, <laughs> go for it. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> exactly. If uh, it's, it's it's if uh, Salacious Crumb. I mean, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Top five things Jabba the Hutt ate. I mean, what? It's all good. It's all good. All right. Now, let's talk about the comics. Or can we talk about Jason actually finishing a show? Oh, snap. 
It's about damn time. God forbid it takes me three weeks to watch a, a 13 hours. How do you not TV? binge? I know, right? It's 13 hours. It's a, it's Dude, here, when I finish a 13 is, episode yeah, series before yeah, you, you have yeah. trouble. Listen, <laughs> I can only do what I can do. All right? Right. And and again, since we're somehow deciding to peel back the covers of all of our pre-production <laughs> notes this week, I thought, as you guys know, until like 36 hours ago that we were doing a Star Wars episode tonight. So that I have, true. to yeah, be fair, yeah. I was reading crap tons of Star Wars comics so was uh, I. thinking that that's what we were going to talk about. So then when we realized that we were doing it next week, I said, oh, shit, I got 36 hours to read something else to talk about. So, and But, yes, I did finish Jessica Jones. And what nice. did you think? I enjoyed it, but not nearly as much as I enjoyed Daredevil. Okay. Like that's very like I liked it. I thought it was very. I mean, I thought it was super well acted. I did genuinely like all the characters. Um, what did not you think a, about the Big Simpson reveal? The oh, big Sim, the Big Simpson reveal. What does that mean? He had he Disney. was. He, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody else, but he he was in the hospital. Trish brought him to the hospital. He keeps asking for Doctor Kozlov. When Doctor Kozlov shows up, what does he ask for? I don't Specifically, he doesn't ask for something. By name, he asked for something by color. Oh, you mean the the nuke? Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. Oh, I, I was okay. I was I, I didn't think that was like. I mean, that was established like halfway through the season. <laughs> How did you get that? Well, what it was like episode eight when he's in the hospital, right? Right. Yeah. No, but but, but I mean, for him to be, I mean, because we were done with the Daredevil series, but I mean, for just him to just drop the, you know what? I was telling this to Vince. I would have been really happy. It would have been cool. I thought if you know before. He, the, he he said, give me a red. I thought it would have been cool if actually Simpson is Paladin. Because who the fuck thinks of Paladin? I just thought that would have oh. been a neat twist because, I mean, he's kind of got that swagger about him. But the, um, yes, the reveal who of who he actually is just came out of nowhere. And I thought that was fantastic because obviously with, with, with the Netflix series being steeped in the MCU, they can do the Born Again storyline if they ever choose to years down the line, but how did you feel about the resolution of the Kilgrave Jessica storyline? Uh, I thought it was cool in the sense that I have no issues with her doing what she did. Right. Um, I thought it was, I, uh, how do I say? I thought that episode 13 was probably the weakest episode. I thought it ended on a low note. Um, Again, not because of the thing that she, well, not because of her doing what she does to David Tennant, but because of much of the rest of the episode, in particular the Night Nurse stuff. I, I just, I, I thought, I thought it was super strange to spend that much time with Rosario Dawson in the final episode. Like she had no, she had no relevance to the show at all. So just, I'm down uh, with, go ahead. No, I mean, aside from making sure that we knew, where in timeline it was as far as Daredevil goes. Yeah, and I, I was just about to say, like, I have no issue with her having a cameo and, like, again, reestablishing that there's a tie-in to Daredevil. That's super cool, but it could have been three minutes. I mean, I like, I I don't know. I just, I, I imagine there weren't many people that watched Jessica Jones that didn't watch Daredevil, but, right. but if you're talking about just being a critic of this work as a structure... I think it's, I think she would, she's a meaningless character if you hadn't seen Daredevil. And this isn't, this isn't a sequel to Daredevil. It's its own show. So I didn't like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I dug what, how, how that was resolved because 
you know, again, Jessica Jones isn't a suit. She's not a superhero. This is the real world. You know, this is a different world. It's a darker world. And, um, she's a flawed person. So yeah, I think that's cool. Um, uh, and you know, I thought Trish was awesome throughout the whole show, but I thought it was a little corn poem that like in the end, she's like, Oh, I love you, Trish. Like I thought it was a little, I thought the, the final episode was a little ham handed, but, but I thought the whole season was very good. I thought it was really well acted. Kristen Ritter's phenomenal. Luke Cage is talk about, I think perfect casting. Can't wait for, for Iron, I mean, for a uh, power man, uh, for Luke Cage's show. It's, it's perfectly, the dude is like perfectly cast both physically yeah. looks just like him. He's, Got the right demeanor. I, I thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think Kill, I think I would go so far as to say that Kilgrave is the best Marvel villain we've seen yet. I, hmm. I, yeah, I mean, considering the movies and everything else, that's. I don't think he was better than the Kingpin. I think he was much better because while I liked the Kingpin, I didn't think Vincent D'Onofrio physically looked the part as much as David Tennant did as the Purple Man. I think the way they portrayed his powers in the series was kind of stupid. Uh, it's a virus they've established, yeah, yeah. right? So, so when the host of the virus dies, the virus has no longer. Agreed. That was in that, Dick Pick at the end as well. That's dumb. Yeah, that was in that's, Dick Pick as well. It makes no sense at all. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but I mean, if you're going to analyze it like that, yeah. that the whole series would, wouldn't make sense. But. I, I, I completely agree with what she did at the end. He, if he, I, 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 I still, even if he didn't say, you know what, I'm going to take one of the only people you love in this world and, and rape her for, you know, however long on end. And you know what? And it's all because yeah. of you. I, even if he didn't say that, she still would have, would have killed right. her. She had to. She did. I don't think there was any no, other way around it. I, I, I totally agree with Simpson. Yeah. He need, he needed to die. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and just to get back to you, David, about the point, like I, I thought it was cool having Nuke in the show for sure. Um, but again, if I'm being fair, like I thought it was a little strange the way that they introduced him. Like he's a cop, then all of a sudden he's in a hospital. He calls this dude, so now we're supposed to believe he was former special forces. Cool. Then he takes the pill, and it just like, I mean, I guess I. This is maybe just a comic bias. I I, I wish he was bigger. Okay. Um, it's a total nitpick. I mean, I don't want to belabor that, but, um, like, I didn't have a problem with him being Luke. I thought that was a cool little, like, a cool little, like, sport, uh, Easter egg, but I didn't like Trish taking the pill. Um, because I think that the problem is, and again, maybe it's because I've had addiction and addicts in my life, uh, you know, growing up, like, I'm of the mind that someone that's as serious an addict as she was, or it was implied that she was, that worked so hard being clean, I think her taking that pill and showing the symptoms that she was showing would have caused her to relapse. Like I, I wanted to see her going to a meeting or like struggling with her sobriety after that. Like I, cause I just don't think like, I think that's, if you're going to go out of your way to make a point that Trish is a user and really fought hard against her demons, then she takes this souped up pill and she's high as a kite. Like, Again, it's the same reason why a dude that was addicted to cocaine for 20 years can't have a drink, right? Because it can set him off. Like, I, I just, so I think Trish, it would have been much cooler to see Trish, like, by virtue of taking that pill to save her friend, get pulled down into a place that she had to then really fight hard to get back out of. So. I would help her. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> now that said, versus the comic, very much think it's cool that they swapped uh, Carol Danvers for Patsy Walker. I, I yes. think she yeah. was a great character, and they really did a nice job of playing out her backstory. Um, talk about feeling old, though, dude. Yeah. Patsy Walker's mom's Rebecca De Mornay. Yes. So she looked I I would have never guessed that in a million years until I Amen. read an article about it. And that makes me feel real old because I remember when Rebe- was Rebecca De Mornay a hottie like when I was a kid and thought she was super hot, but she was known as like, you know, I mean she was like a young hottie like she was like yeah. she, and I'm like now she's a grandma like that's we're not we're not young anymore. Welcome to time. Yeah. 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 Um I I thought the um some of the ancillary characters were a little uninteresting, like uh, the drug addict. What's his name? Malcolm. Malcolm. I like Malcolm. Yeah, me too. It was okay, but I, like, I don't know. Racist. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a racial. It's a racial thing. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of felt to me like the show went in a lot of different directions, uh, from a tone, a tonality standpoint, in the sense that. In the beginning, I mean, there is definitely fucking. I mean, there's fucking, like, she's banging out Luke, Trish is banging out Simpson, like, and then they kind of get away from all that. It just seemed like it's totally, like, there were a lot of tonal shifts for what was essentially a 13-hour binge watch, but, um. And you know what? I still don't believe that Luke would reconcile. I, that that just seems a little little strained, that e- even though, that you know, Purple Man... But but still, the person you're lying next to was the one whose fist killed your wife. Well, again, like, remember, just, he didn't really reconcile. But he, he... He forgave her. Well, that could have been still the Purple Man's Yeah, because uh, the, pur- the Purple he Man... Did, he, he did, yeah, because he did say, yeah, 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 yeah. But still, there was... They didn't hate each other at the end. You know what I mean? Well, he didn't hate her at the end. So... I don't know. I just don't see Luke coming around. But you know that's the direction they're going to go. You can, you can see, feel. I don't it. know because in in the comics for a while, Night Nurse is is Luke Cage's girlfriend, and I think Rosario Dawson's also going to be in Luke Cage's show. So yeah, sure. I wonder if Kristen oh, Ritter's not going to be around in Luke Cage, or at least not for a lot of it. And he's dating, or he has a romantic interest with Rosario Dawson. That is not a sloppy second. Rosario, oh, I don't no, mind looking at, at her. I'd much rather have yeah. Kristen Ritter, but mm. much. Well, see, that's why I wasn't so uh, bent out of shape about the night nurse um, appearance in the last episode, because I like looking at that woman, and, and I, I think she can act she's very well actress. now. I think she's a phenomenal actress. Yeah. I just, I, again, I, I would have rather had seen her, though, once or twice during the season, even for a minute or two, because it's not as though they were not getting medical treatment up until that point. I mean, there was... They were getting hurt all the time, so, um, you know. But no, it's a good show. Listen, they're they're doing a great job with these shows. They're super well acted. I mean, the 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 tone was great. The the, the tinges of purple. Um, you know, I mentioned this yeah. last week when you guys were talking about it. I, I the biggest nitpick I have about the, this show versus Daredevil is just the the way they play fast and loose with the with the powers to suit the episode. I I, I just think that, and again, that's nothing. They, they've done that in comics and TV shows forever. I mean. It's the biggest criticism for Superman always, right? That he's as strong as he needs to be. Or same thing with Thor or Hulk. I mean, they're always, they're as strong as they need to be to solve the issue. Um, so I, I mean, I'm not, it's not like some major flaw because that's just part of the comic book lore, but I mean, Jessica reigned from being like 
over in the course of the show, she ranged from being marginally stronger than a normal person with the ability to get cut to someone that's essentially impervious and able to lift tons. Um, same thing with Luke, like a dude that literally can't have his skin pierced by bullets or a, a needle and can walk out of a burning, exploding building with nary a mark would not be feeling the pain of some goomba punching him in the stomach or hitting him over the head. Like, you know, so I, the producers were, were playing fast and loose with the powers to suit what they wanted to have happen in the scene. Um, whereas I don't think in Daredevil, I, I thought I was, I thought Daredevil was remarkable in the consistency of, of, of Matt's abilities and that he was, and I thought they did such a nice job in that one of portraying that he really is just a human being. I mean, an unbelievably talented martial artist, sure, but he's just human and he can get hurt really badly and, and he's still finding his way. So, um, you know, I would give, a, I would give Daredevil like an A, close to an A plus. I think it was like almost flawless. And this I'd give like a B plus. Again, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm glad to have watched it. I think I would definitely rewatch Daredevil either before the next season of Daredevil or just for the sake of it anyway. I don't think that I'd be looking to rewatch this. And, and part of that is as much because Daredevil is an action packed. Uh, show, and this is more of a crime show where once you know the outcome of everything, it's not as, not as engaging. So, um, but yeah, so what, what grade would you guys give it? It was, oh man, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say it was like you. I'm not, it, it wasn't better than Daredevil, but it was, it's, it's highs were really, really high. Um, there are definitely things you can nitpick and, sure. Um, my, my whole thing with the, the outcome with, with, with their final, uh, confrontation, it's, it bums me out only because now he, he was so good in that role that now it's not there. So it's, I'm, I'm bummed about that, but it's not like they're, they don't always kill the bad guys at the end of movies or the end of the season, because Kingpin's still alive. And, um, you know, it's not like they, you know, Loki's still alive. Yeah. Okay. Red skull and, and, um, and, and Ronan, you know, I mean, there are, there are some of the MCU villains who, who don't get to stick around for the sequel, but again, it's all cosmic and, and, and things like that. So who knows who's going to come back once the infinity gauntlet shows up. But in any case, as I say, you don't actually think Ronan's. That's dead. what I'm saying. No, no, Ronan, I wouldn't right. be, but I mean, it, it's there when you get to the final fight, that's usually, you know, that's everybody goes home happy. But, um, it, Renee thought it was great. She, she, um, she's talking to some people at work and, and she, uh, she's telling them to make sure that they check it out. She, she had no problem with it. She thought from start to finish, everything was great. I mean, she, she's, she also, believed that Kristen Ritter that 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 Jessica could actually kick the ass that she's you know kicking ass on the show she doesn't look like some little frail thing who can't pick up a table so uh it was it was a big winner in his house again it it wasn't better than Daredevil but it was very very close hmm. interesting yeah I respect that yeah, I give it about a 75 okay so that's I enjoyed the lowest it. Score than I even gave what did you it, give so Daredevil? What were your issues with it? Oh, Daredevil, I give like a ninety. Okay. So what were your what yeah. were your issues with it? I I just don't. I mean, the whole crime thing, and I mean, yes, it was interesting. Yeah, it's and, definitely not your it, genre. It, no, no, it wasn't. I mean, I like looking at the eye candy, uh, 
and um, Tenet was great. But, I mean, it was a distraction, a very, very good one, but it didn't have the staying power with me that Daredevil has. Right, okay. So. Cool. All right, comics. Comics. David. Vincent. Abid. I read something that you talked about maybe two weeks ago. Uh, I'm a little late, late to the party. I know, right? Um, I read Amazing Spider-Man number three. That's hilarious uh, yes. because I read number four last night. But you go know. ahead. Did you read three, Jason? No. You... you know, I'm torn. I really am. Because this issue specifically should have pushed all the right buttons. Uh-huh. I'm just still not feeling no, it. Definitely not. I'm, I, I'm not. It's it, Jason, in a nutshell, the Baxter building goes on the block. And everybody's bidding on it. Hammer, all, all the... the Alphabet agencies, even the bat, you know, they're just, there's a bidding war Got going it. on for the Baxter building. Peter buys it. Cause he's new, cause of this newfound status as a billionaire and all that. Right. For, for Parker Industries. And, uh, Johnny's not happy. And it, and it, so it, it pushes all the right buttons in a sense that the Spidey Torch team up, a, a, a fight slash team up, um, the Baxter building, even the that cage from the, the home, yeah, the issue. all of that just for that, just for the panel from the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man, the cover of Amazing Spider-Man. We yeah. get that one panel in the third issue of this new relaunch, which was cool. And Peter's reasoning for buying the, yeah, the, the yeah. building was was very cool. He he buys it to uh, for safekeeping because he knows. That the first family will eventually right. return home, and he wants to be able to be the one to give it to mm-hmm. them to keep it out of, keep it out of harm's way. He has a statue built in in the foyer uh, that was a foyer <laughs> that was sculpt, sculpted by Alicia, and, and it's the whole family. Uh, and it it should have made me walk away from it, going, "Oh, yeah," but no. it didn't. Especially then you get to the it, last page. Yeah. Um, Oh, actually, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Now, even before the last page, while while they're doing, see, this is Peter's choices seem odd throughout the whole issue. Yeah, I'm just gonna blow off this special mission that I got going on because I want to give my, my my BFF a fucking tour. Huh. No, but the thing that got me was he's he's thrown down with Johnny and he gets a call from from on his little two way wrist, wrist radio that you know Shield is like, hey, we got something. He's like, nah, it's not important. It's not high priority. Everything is high yeah. priority yeah. for Peter. Yeah, that that's that was, but then he he as they're going around on the tour, he he they head over to uh to the business manager's office to go see a a uh a a lobotomized Mr. Lyman. Mary Lyman. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to stick. <laughs> it, it no, it, it's Harry Osborne and he he's working for for Peter and well, I, should we spill the beans? Get the yeah, last page. Yeah. yeah, the last page, Norman's right. back. Well, see, oh, the boy. thing is, it, cause when I, unless I, and until I noticed the ring on Norman's finger, because his head's all wrapped up, I'm like, oh, cool, the chameleon. Because you never see, you know, you just, right. you're, 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 you're assuming, and which is probably fine, you know, that this is Norman Osborne. He says he's Norman Osborne. He's got a little goblin ring. It's, chances are, it's Norman Osborn. You can go and look and kind of, you know, have the conspiracy theories going, but for all intents and purposes, Norman Osborn is now reintroduced in in this new status quo. 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wasn't particularly crazy about it because I have no need to see Norman Osborn anytime soon. I don't. I just like Civil War, Civil War Two. <laughs> absolutely. No, no, no. Seriously, absolutely zero interest in Secret Wars or, or Civil War Two. Me neither, especially at four ninety nine an issue. Mm. Yeah, um, I could not care less. But I, I on the plus side. It reads well, like, there was never a point in the story when I was just like, oh, this is tedious. Mm-hmm. It was, Slot's a great writer, and, and Cam and Coley absolutely slaughters the Zodiac. The, 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 like, the character design, the way he just, he owns the Zodiac. They, they look beautiful, but it just felt, I don't know, it just felt like going through the motions. There was really no, there was no hook, nothing pulled me in. I, I don't care about this Peter Parker. Right. It hurts. So, it, it's interesting because you, you guys are such diehard Spider-Man fans that, would you say this is, uh, I mean, is this analogous to, um, I don't know, like, like Scott Snyder staying on Batman too long? Or, I mean, is this, you think he's just, is it time for a new voice, even though he's done such a good job for all these years? Is it? I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily slot. Maybe slot is just doing something different because eventually, I mean, we've all pretty much come to the conclusion that the other shoe has to drop for Peter because it's the Parker luck. It's the way of life. It, it, his his he cannot ride high for long. So, uh, but. Um- I don't think they're ever going to be able to put this this cat back in the box. Mm-hmm. Because Peter, I mean, you had the whole unmasking thing with Civil War, and that was undone. But Peter has never been... Peter's worldwide in this status quo. Right. Like, everybody knows Peter Parker. The, the, the ruse that Spider-Man is Peter Parker's bodyguard was easier to swallow... When it was just native to Manhattan, now it's worldwide. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that the entire planet's stupid? Like it just it 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 it's stretching the 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 bounds of credibility to me. Beside, in addition to the fact that the struggle's gone, Peter Parker should always have that struggle yes. at no, the core. and it's not there. It's the, the 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 unmasking and and whether or not I mean when. Everything is kind of, I'm going to say reset, thanks to Secret Wars. The Before that, well, we still had, you know, the whole um, uh, brand new day and, and big, you know, when, when during Spider Island, when, right. when he, um, when he hopped on that lamppost because everybody had spider powers and he was trying to fit in, you know, hey, I'm no different than anybody else. Strange reminded him. That anything could, but basically everybody kind of is just got fuzzy memories. They, mm-hmm. they know Spider-Man unmasked. They just don't remember who it was. I guess uh, Google didn't cash that day. So you have, you have just all, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you, you, you have all these people who, right. who just don't remember oh, who he looks like. So when, uh, you know, so he unmasks in front of the new Avengers and that's when Jessica Jones goes on about, you know, the crush he had on him. He unmasks in front of the Fantastic Four and everybody's like, oh yeah, Peter, I know it was you. 
but the general public. And again, that's, that's one of those things where we as comic book readers know who Peter Parker is, but the dude who picks up Peter Parker's trash before he became a billionaire, he's not going to know. So it's just, you know, you just know it's some dude. It, 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 I think he had brown hair and, you know, they just know it was some guy. It, it, because Peter Parker isn't Bruce Wayne. He's not, he's not Tony Stark where he's got that jawline or he's always in the news and you can kind of just put your hand over his eyes and, oh, it's Batman. This is, they don't really know who it is. So, and I'm also giving them a pass as far as Secret Wars because if that helps kind of settle things. So I'm not saying Civil War didn't happen or he never unmasked, but I'm, I'm not so worried about Peter Parker being front and center and, and always in the news because of what he's doing now that that's going to jog someone's memory. It, it may, it, it, it probably could if, if this huge cataclysmic incursion didn't happen in the middle of it all, that can kind of reset things. Yeah. Okay, put it this way. That legendary issue, number 33, with Peter in the sewer mm-hmm. being crushed mm-hmm. by all... Can you picture this character in that situation? No, because he's... No, but he would just fly, fire up that two-way wrist, you know, web radio that he's got yeah. going on, C- call for, you know, BB-8 to come down and, li- you know, lift the thing for him or something web like he would. Number 89. Uh-huh. Force yeah, no, really. He, he would, he would have a gadget or some kind of device where it would make, you know, maybe two panels, whereas we got an entire issue of genuine struggle, Peter trying to get out of the sewer. Right. It's just, it's just not the same. And I don't expect it to be the same character, but there are certain things that you reserve for Tony Stark and characters of that ilk. And there are certain things that you do not include in Peter Parker's world. And I think technology and, and access to all these wonderful toys is not one of them. The, the Spider-Mobile was a big deal back in the day. Now, now he has a room with spider everything. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I still buy it. Well, yeah, see, that's, <laughs> but it, there are, and we're, we're hard. You and I are hard on this character, particularly because it's the best character. <laughs> well, actually, the, there's just, there are it, things have to change and, and I get it. You know, there's the, we have to just, you know, we're not. We're trying to get other readers and, and, and other people into a character that's been around for so many decades. And, but it's, it's like me being giddy over, you know, Superman Lois and Clark because that's a Superman that I'm familiar with. And, and, and that's, sure. that's the character I want to see. There, there are just certain things about it. It's like, you know, we're Jason's huge Wolverine fan. I had a hard time coming to terms with the fact that this dude who's who's basically a killer is now going to be in charge of a school being responsible for so many kids. It's like I didn't I I couldn't view that character that way. And if that's a natural progression, if it just makes sense for that character, if they if if, if they set it up in such a way where no it it's the character needs this because you know he's doing it for Gene and 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 he you know he's trying he's doing it for Chuck and and then 
it could all make sense. But that, that to me seems like not a 180, but it seems like an extreme change for that particular character. This, right. this is an extreme change for Peter Parker and, and for Spider-Man. It's just, he's, he's, it's almost, I'm not, when, when, when you read number four, it, it's not, he's not, um, he's really not shrugging anything off. He's not, he's not, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get it on the flip. You know, it, I'll just, it, it ain't no thing. It, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to take care of it. I just, it'll still get fixed. I just, I won't fix it right this minute. That's, there was, there was a sense of urgency in the old days because whether it was Aunt May or whether it was, you know, paying bills or whether it was, you know, saving somebody. Now it's just like, 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 like you just said, Vince, it's like, yeah, I'll just press this button and then I'll have like Hobie will show up and he'll take care of it. And it's like that, that's not Spider-Man. No. There's a little bit too much Mary Jane in this Spider-Man. In, in, in the character, in the character, in the character, yeah, and, so. yeah, no, no, not, she has not, not, not physically, just the, the, that that mentality that, the, yeah, her stink is on him. But it's it's the, you never get that. You, know, you watch for days. Uh, yeah, no, I mean the the art is fine. It's it's. I think the art's yeah, great. Kim McCauley and Smith are doing fantastic work. Um, it's don't like the covers. Uh, no, no, I don't. Um, Alex Ross can do really, really strong, really good work. Just for me, not for Spider-Man. He's not a Spider-Man artist. No. Uh, you can draw Shazam. You can draw, you can draw Superman. You can draw Captain America. I just, his Spider-Man is the, not. The, the costume is not reflective. It's not made out of mylar. <laughs> like, so when the chest symbol is glowing, right. it does not cast. Glowing green. Cause that's what I think There's no highlights. It's, it's, I don't, whatever. Yeah. Can, can anyway, we, let, oh, go ahead. I just gonna, no, go ahead. I, I was just, I want to talk about Civil War a little bit. Oh, I, all right. I just wanted to transition real quick. I mean, cause then we can get this back to Civil War. Just, I, I think this, it, I'm kind of of the same lines of something David asked us to read for this week. What's that? Daredevil number one. Oh, oh, nice. yeah. Good, 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 good. We can talk about that. Just, I mean, uh, just kind of. I didn't realize when, when I read the first issue, I, well, I didn't know who the new, I knew Garney was the artist. I didn't know who the writer was. And then I found out who the writer was and I'm like, and I'm asking you to read this after he just got done writing this horrible miniseries and I, well, not at right after, but I'm like, all right, so let's see where it goes. So go ahead. Well, I, I, I actually read two comics by said gentleman this week. Uh, oh, awesome. Charles, Charles Soule. Yes. Who's apparently Marvel's new, 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 new main man. Um, and again, I have nothing against the guy. I heard he's a super, super cool dude, and uh, he's definitely prolific. I, I just, for some reason, doesn't. Most of his stuff is not connected with me. I put it like that. Um, and 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 the death of Wolverine was was just an absolute abomination in my view. So, uh, and again, I love the character, so I'm I'm biased there. But I just think that there's just a horrible way to send the guy out. Anyway, um, so well, you asked you asked me to read uh, Daredevil number one, which is uh, the the relaunch uh, following the incredible. Run of Mr. Mark Wade and Mr. Chris Somney. So let's just be upfront. Um, even if I thought Charles Soule was, was a top tier writer, which I don't, um, and, 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 and I do think Ron Garney's a very good artist, but he's no Chris Somney. This book was gonna be tough to, to, to really blow me away in the first place. Uh, because again, I just think it's a, a stupidly hard act to follow. Sure. Um, there were components of it I thought were okay. 
But overall, much like you guys were saying about Spider-Man, I, I thought that there were strange choices made um, that I just didn't care for. Um, starting with, we were back in New York. Yep. Um, and we quick, we find out, and I guess again, I mean, I guess we should give spoilers here. I mean, if people haven't, it just came out. So if you haven't read it, then you might, but, but we, we find out that Daredevil, um, no one, no one remembers Daredevil anymore. No one knows that Matt Murdock is Daredevil except for Foggy. Right. And Foggy's none too happy about this. Foggy thinks it's shitty that Matt did this to him and basically burdened Foggy with being the only one that knows. Basically, Uh, basically Matt and Foggy are Peter and Mary Jane. Mary Jane's the only one who knows that they were ever married. Yeah. Yeah. And it well, looks how, like they lived together. How did this we don't happen? know. Don't know yet. We we don't know, but we do know that it's not just some retcon because Foggy's actually mad at Matt for for deciding to be the to make Foggy the only one that remembers and that Matt had to do something to get everyone to forget. So again, is it Mephisto? Is it some deal with the devil? Is it some other kind of thing? We don't know. But Matt made a decision to basically set his life back to a situation where he is uh, no longer, uh, um, uh, his identity is no longer public. And we're introduced to a new sidekick called Blindspot. At least he's new to me. Has he, is he not new? No, no, I'm pretty sure he's new. Yeah. So a new sidekick. Um, it seems like the guy has a suit that runs on batteries <laughs> that can turn him invisible. Um, and Matt's training him for some reason. And Matt says because he trusts him, but we don't know anything about the guy. Foggy's a little skeptical. Um, but he's basically like his boy wonder. He, he, they, they battle together and then Matt says, good job, kid. And then, you know, see you tomorrow for training, or whatever. Um, we're introduced to a, a new gang that's affiliated with a new gang lord who we meet. Um, Matt's wearing a black suit, black and red. Uh, it's not all red. Um, and he is Matt, Matt Murdock is now a, a prosecutor. He's now a prosecutor rather than a defense attorney. Yes, so his job is um, a one eighty. Yeah, so listen, uh, on the surface, I don't have look. I mean, it's an unenviable task to be asked to replace uh, a team that had a very, very stellar multi-year run. So I, I, I'm not going to profess to say that that's an easy thing. Um, and I'm sure there are people that hated, much like you guys hated the idea of not having Spider-Man be Spider-Man in the last few issues of this. I'm sure there were lots of Daredevil fans that hated the idea of him being in San Francisco and wearing red suits and being, you know, having no secret identity. So, so, and I, I, and, and again, if maybe he was my favorite character, I would hate changes just as I would Wolverine. For me, it worked. I thought Wade brought a, a air of, of, uh, Wade, Wade and Somni brought an air of, 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 of difference and light and creativity to the character that we hadn't seen in a long, long, long time. Um, so this to me is sort of retrenching back to where we were before Wade took over. Yeah. Which I'm sure is by design. Um, it almost reminds me of, um, like the, without the armor, the tree of knowledge area. It's, it's that DG Chichester, McDaniel, yes. or Lee Weeks stuff. It, it, yeah, it has yeah. that feel to it. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, I just thought there were like things about it that I didn't like. I didn't, I didn't like that, uh, again, I, I don't, I don't mind the, the, the resetting the bar, but I, uh, it, it's, since we're not done with Secret Wars, right. it feels so weird to have him suddenly in this position. You know, did it have to do with Secret Wars? Did it not? Are we going to ever find out? Does that matter? 
Um, See, that's it's not like he was one of the characters in the raft. So it's, no, I agree. It, yeah. But it my my notes for for Daredevil were no Kirsten, new outfit, mm-hmm. complete one eighty work wise, right, and a goofy bad guy, and a sidekick. Well, the, I, I yeah, I mean, I didn't have the sidekick written down, and the side and and what's neat though, what's the nice twist about the sidekick is that when he changes after helping Daredevil clean up, we then see him again on the last page of the issue. Now, and, see, it's funny you say that because I that was my least favorite thing of the issue because I don't mind what happened at the end of the issue conceptually from a storytelling standpoint, but why do we have to be told that in the very last page of the first issue where we meet the guy. To me, that's something I, we find out at the end of the first arc. And then we're like, holy shit. But we, we don't care about the guy and the relationship he has with Matt. You're right. But the way I read it is that now is he, is he fucking with Matt and stringing him along or is he a mole and Matt actually put him or, or, or pick blind spot because he knows that blind spot is in this dude's gang. And so, I mean, but again, because the first issue had left more things to answer for than right. they answered, a lot of it is just like, I don't, it, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's a new number one, it's a, it's a relaunch, it's post-secret wars, so, you know, we can kind of just hit the ground running and we're all going to find out, I guess, at once, so there's no, sure, there, there aren't too many threads to, to pull on from, you know, San Francisco and even before, but it, there was a lot that they were throwing at us for this issue where, I mean, every, every page you're, you're scratching your head because you're like, okay, so Foggy knows, but he's still, and where's Kirsten? And now he's a district attorney. And it's like, so it's, it's every, almost every page had you asking more questions. So it, it, it was, it was an issue that looks pretty good. I, I, I'm not, Oh, I don't hate on Garney. Garney's no, no, I don't. I yeah. don't hate on Garney. The 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 coloring or or lack of, if you want to say, it, it's it, um uh it was um Matt Miller did the colors and it it definitely has a unique look, uh, but the um but as I'm as I'm reading it, there's just not it, it, it's not that I didn't get a a, a complete part of a story, but it, it, there were just things that I guess I, I kept stumbling because every time I thought I was getting something out of it, it something else stopped me. Cause I'm like, well, wait, where's, so it, that's fine. I don't want to be spoon fed. I don't want to know all the answers now, but there were just a lot of things to ask about in this first issue. Well, and that's exactly right. I, I think if you're going to do a reboot or a, re, a retcon, I'm cool with that. But, like, tell the story, you know? I mean, again, from a storytelling standpoint, I don't mind that last page, that reveal. But I think that reveal would have been hella cool in issue four or five or six where we've seen him interact with Blindspot for, for, yeah. for, for, for episodes or for issues and we've started to realize they do have a rapport or that and, – and that uh, they start – and I care about the character. You know, I'm, I basically feel like – now I'm I'm just waiting for the inevitable, like you said, it's got to go one of two ways, right? Either blind spot is a mole format or he's not, but there's no suspense now. Like now I'm right. just going to be reading it and be like, all right, well, at some point we're going to find out a reveal there and it's going to like come to, come to a head. And I'd like, I just love for it to be like suspenseful, you know? Yes. And uh, I'm with you. Look, I mean, 
I, look, I'm sure I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge a book by its cover. We saw one one panel of the dude, but the the, the villain could come down like. <laughs> That could be one we see in like BuzzFeed memes five years from now for like, <laughs> like, like, like horribly designed villains like of the, of the modern era. Like, I'm like, okay. The, the, the villain is, is basically Vince. It, it, he, he's kind of Fu Manchu-ish, but his name is Ten Fingers because he literally has ten fingers on each hand. Yes. I have no desire to read this. Yeah, that's sort of the point, you know. And, and look, I'll be I'll be upfront with you. I I read most Marvel things, certainly as do you guys. I I, I give Marvel a much wider berth in terms of trying stuff than I do other companies. But you know, with this reboot being like the seventh reboot in the last ten years, I, I, I there were only about half of the of the all new, all different I was planning on on staying with, and this was not one of them. Not because. Generally, I'm a fan of giving everything a try, but I feel like I had a great, awesome Daredevil run the last few years. And um, look, as you as you we just joking, I'm just not a huge fan of Charles's work. So I just figured, you know, I'll take a break from Daredevil, and if it's super great, I know Dap's going to talk about it. I'm sure if it's very good, and our forums and our community will talk about it, and not get get back around to it and read the trades, whatever. So I wasn't planning on making this, giving this much of a shot anyway. So I'm I'm. I'm not going to stick with it. I it just it just I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't I don't need you know I, got, I don't need it. <laughs> I have plenty of other things to read. And what's no, funny? and again, it's not like I I don't want to say it's bad. Like I mean, no. it's it's not a bad comic. I, like I no really didn't have any major issues with it in terms of the structure and and again, Garney's art's terrific. I like I have no issues with the art at all. Um, I just you know there's uh, as we're getting near the end of the year and we're doing the eleven o'clockers and. I'm trying to think. I'm just overwhelmed, as I often am at this time of year, of how many comics I end up buying. And with the full intention of wanting to read every single one of them. Like, I just sorted my comics last week, and and every comic I was sorting, I, I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to read that. And and that's great. Like, there's a million comics I have in my house that I'm dying to read. But the truth is, I don't have the time to read a fraction of the comics that I buy. And so uh, it's just, you know, life's too short. Uh, it's, it's just to, to have comics that just for the sake of having them. So, I mean, I have probably a couple years of reading right now on the backlog that I just, yep. uh, that are going to slip through the cracks unless we get around to it to talk on the show or just, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's cool. I, I hope our listeners come away loving it. I, I you know, I, I know, look, there are a lot of people, including our No Apologies boys, that think Charles Soule's awesome, and that's great. I mean, I'm sure there are people... I love that other people think aren't that great. So, tweets his own. Well, well, this could either be you know one of those top five underrated Daredevil runs. It could be, you know, the, <laughs> like it could like be the, the Andersenti uh, run of the New Millennium. There you go. But it, it's just you know I, I also have to after you know finishing Jessica Jones and thinking about the Netflix shows. I you know when when Daredevil season two starts and I think about you know the stories recent current stories. That, I mean, not that, you know, Wade putting him in San Francisco really rings like something you'd see on the TV show, but this, I, I don't know if, 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 you know, that mythical person who watches something and they may want to read a story, if this is going to be that story, it's going to be like, oh wow, this is the Daredevil, the mm-hmm. comic book, this is awesome. And, but it's, it's a different take. We've had, we've had Frank Miller, we've had Benny O'Neill, we've had so many people. Write Daredevil and 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 tell crazy great stories. 
you know, so just like we got them talking about Dan Slott and what he's doing with, with, with Spider-Man right now, if, if this is where they want to, you know, take Daredevil for a minute, you know, maybe they're going to switch it up and, and, you know, maybe this is a, a, a big plan Sewell has. I, I don't know. I don't know who came up with, Hey, let's make him a prosecutor and, and let's, you know, and it's, it's, it's still, but the thing is, it, it still feels like Matt. You're reading this and right, it's right. still Daredevil. It's still Matt Murdock. So it's, it, it's not, not the same as, as what Slot's doing with Spidey, but, um, it's just, it, in this case, it, it really is the, the, um, the environment that, uh, that Daredevil is working in that, that just feels and looks so different. But, but Daredevil himself is still that, um, it's, he's basically this same kind of Matt Murdock slash Daredevil that you would read that was never written by Mark Wade. It's definitely not your Mark Wade Daredevil. It's, it's pretty much every other Daredevil. It, it, there is a little bit of that, that, that Frank Miller vibe, that innocent vibe that, that yeah. it, it, it's got that edge to it. Yeah. And the, the, I was just say the only thing that makes me want to read this is the 10 fingers. If if there's a character in there that has ten fingers on yeah. each hand, that makes me want to read it it's because it's, it's that that's re, that's ridiculous. And, it is and ridiculous, comic, and comics should be ridiculous. Yeah, fair enough. Right? Uh, I was just going to uh, say that I did also read. Uh, was it that was it called Uncanny in Humans number one? Yes. Yeah, which also written by Charles Soule, um, with art by um, uh, not Common Coley, um, another Italian artist. No, I, I don't have the issue here sitting in front of me. Um, did you read it, David? I I have it in the uh, Comicsology Library. I did not get to read it yet, though. Uh, damn it! Now I Let's see if I can bring it up. So talk, talk about talk yep. about the issue, then I'll get to the artist. Yeah. So um, I I would say that uh, wait, are we sure? No, it's not. It's not Uncanny like Humans. That's not. That's not. That's not the. That this is. There are multiple Inhumans books. This is not working. I'm talking about the Charles Soul one. It's not called Uncanny Inhumans. Uncanny Inhumans is the one with uh, Steve McNiven. Oh, all new Inhumans. Yeah, thank you. That's it. Is actually no. That's that's uh, yes. Okay, Asmus Soul and uh, oh oh snap! I gotta read this. It's uh, Stefano Caselli. Thank you. Yes, Caselli. Thank you. Uh, yes, all new Inhumans. There we go. Nice. Um, first of all, as you just know, the Caselli art's off the off the off the charts. It's, it's awesome stuff. The, the book's beautiful. Looks, looks wonderful. So I gotta say, Soul is getting a lot of help from, from the Marvel artists that they're giving him. Um, and this too, I suspect is maybe not in the same vein. I felt a little lost, but I think that's more because I haven't been reading. I own all the issues, but I just haven't kept up with everything that Marvel's been doing with the Inhumans. Both pre-Secret War and, and, and into Secret Wars. Um, but we are in a somewhat of a status quo where, um, since I know some of the characters, I was able to just kind of accept that I missed something, but, um, it's no secret. Marvel is trying to put the inhumans into the place that the mutants have previously existed. They are not, many people speculate we weren't going to see mutants anymore. That that's just not the case. There are what, like five or six X-Men comics as part of the all new, uh, era, so they're they're not down they're not downshifting the mutants, but they are definitely trying to position the Inhumans as the as the new major force in the Marvel universe, with the mutants kind of being put more in a a, a backup role. Um, 
And in this, we're, we're set up with a new status quo where the humans are existing off the coast of what I believe to be San Francisco, kind of cohabitating, which is a little weird because talk about, I mean, we, we just had Utopia, which was exactly the same thing, right? With the mutants, which yeah. was so it, a little, a little too on the nose for me, but, but, um, Medusa is in charge. She and Black Bolt are divorced, although it's not explained exactly why, how. And, and again, I, that may have been established in, in, in the last run of the Inhumans, um, in, you know, the, that run that Stegman was involved with that I just haven't kept up with. So that, that may are, that may be well established. I, but to me, it was new news. Um, Crystal is the, the conciliary of Medusa and, and kind of the field leader. Um, and there are, because of what happened with the Terrigen Mist, there is this giant cloud of Terrigen Mist that's floating around the world. And, the Inhumans are essentially handling, as all of these people morph into Inhumans from their cocoons, uh, the royal family is helping take them in, uh, train them, find places for them in society, and Crystal essentially runs a field team that helps find Inhumans that uh, are parts of the world that are maybe persecuted or in danger or unclear about their powers and brings them back to train them. So again, we're talking like super on the nose, right? It's, it's fucking, it's fucking X-Men like, like it's, it's, it's literally the X-Men. And then, then, and then there's, we're introduced to, uh, a veteran inhuman who is now in charge of training the young inhumans of their, to use their powers the best. Kilowog. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> Kilowog. It's, um, <laughs> it's Gorgon. Only Gorgon is somehow paralyzed. Okay. And he's in a wheelchair. And can't use his powers because apparently it'll shatter his spinal cord and kill him. And I'm like, okay, so this is Professor X. And then they go so far as to, <laughs> they actually go so far as to have him say in the book, I'm not sure I'm up for this. And, and one of his counterparts says, no, no, you are. I mean, imagine, uh, Professor, look what Professor X was able to do from his chair. You can do it too. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, Jesus, it's like, <laughs> it is I mean, I'm like, they have a danger room, only it's not called the danger room. So I'm like, guys, I mean, it's called the yeah. lookout room. I'm like, for real? The Terrigen yeah, room. Yeah, no, seriously, I'm like, oh, guys, I mean, for real? Um, so we have a moment where Frenzy comes in and attacks, you know, Frenzy, the you know, the mutant Frenzy comes in and attacks, um, um, a bunch of, of, of federal delegates that were visiting with the Inhumans and threatens them. And of course, Crystal dispatches her. And it, then we, you know, we come to find out that Crystal arranged this with Frenzy so that it would make the Inhumans look good and engender trust with the government so they could go ahead and, and operate more freely without having to be persecuted or distrusted. And, uh, in return, uh, Crystal and her team are going to help try and cure the issue that's going on because the Terrigen mists, when they affect a human that has inhuman, when they, when the, when the Terrigen mists encounter a human with, with inhuman DNA, they turn into an inhuman. But when the Terrigen mists apparently, uh, uh, touch a, a mutant, it makes them sick and kills them. So they're going to try to fix that. So, you know, again, on the surface, beautiful comic, nothing really wrong with the setup. I mean, I, you know, there's no sacred cows. I mean, all these characters are, you're free to do with them as you choose. But like, again, guys, in 22 pages, how many, how many on the nose comparisons to the X-Men are we talking about here? Mentor in a wheelchair, fucking danger room, like a, a, a facility off the coast of San Fran, 
a distrust among groups of people that think that they're, you know, can't be trusted and they're trying to fight for their right to have an identity and protect themselves. New members cropping up and then recruiting the members and saving them from around the world and bringing them back to train them. I mean, it's like, I mean, Chuck, I know you read a lot of X-Men comics growing up, dog, but like, I mean, you know. I do my own. So, yeah, I mean, again, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, if I was a 20 year old for reading, reading this comic and this is my, I'm just getting in the Marvel universe. This may be as exciting as New Mutants or, or Teen Titans or, New Warriors or Runaways was to to us. I, I, I so again, I don't really have a quality issue with it, but for me, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just gonna go back and reread old X Men comics from my Omnibu. I'm out. Say yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like you know, it's like all right, I mean, Caselli, and you know what? Yeah, I love Caselli. The art's awesome. The art is gorgeous. No, no issues at all with the art. I see the thing. And he gave Crystal like a short I- hairdo. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm afraid. I'm very afraid from what I'm hearing from Marvel these mm-hmm. days. Because, um, as they are wont to do, they release the, uh, solicits. So the previews just came out, but we're getting the solicits now online for the previews after mm-hmm. this month. And it's all Civil War grounded bullshit. Uh, Avengers versus Avengers and hero versus hero. And I'm done with that. I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't want to read it. I don't care. Um, yes, I know it's a, it's sometimes a good idea to, to have the heroes battle each other because then that reveals, you know, more layers about their, their characters and it makes them more human in a sense, but I don't care. I already know these characters. I don't need to be reintroduced to them. I don't need to see Captain America fighting Iron Man yet again. Like, I I really think it's a bad business decision, even though the movie is called Civil War, and I'm sure it's going to do a lot of business. I think it's I think it's weak to go back to the well to Civil War. Like, I don't even think the ink's dry on the original Civil War issues. Right? I mean, we just did this. It seems like we just did this. Well, and I think to your point, because I was thinking about this, it's actually been a long time since the war came out, believe it or not. What, six years, seven years? No, dude, we, we were in, no. and Bulletin's was in Civil War. So yeah, that's pre-11 o'clock comics. Yeah. I still don't care. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but I'm saying, uh, it was nine years ago, 2006. Um, and, and, and to, to speak to Civil War, it started off great. And if they only gave us the miniseries Civil War, it would have right. been awesome. But the thing is, it permeated through every title, and they dragged it out for so yeah. long. And it was just too much. And I, I don't want to see it again. And I'm not going to draw that line in the sand, so I'm done with Marvel. I'm going to be very reluctant to read those comics, should they go down that road again. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I agree with you. I... um and I don't want this to be a shit on Marvel. Like I read a lot of Marvel this week that I like, uh, so I don't. I don't mean for it to sound like that. We're generally a very positive bunch. I don't like. I don't want our listeners to be like, "What's going on?" With that? It, it, no, it's true. We are very positive, but I think this is a big faux pas, really big. Well, it, look, I mean, you know, we're coming up. We were pretty jazzed for Secret Wars, and you know, obviously, by definition, was a rehash of an old concept. So I, I'm not going to rule it out entirely, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I it just doesn't. It just doesn't hold interest to me because I generally don't want 
heroes versus heroes. I, like it's just, no. I mean... And the creative team doesn't do anything for me either. Who is the team? Oh, it's Bendis, Bendis. Marquez. And Marquez, yeah. No, I, I'm okay with yeah. that. I mean, look, I mean, again, I'm not, like, I, I think they're doing a great job on the new Iron Man series, so. Like, I'm really, I'm really, gen- I, I'm enjoying this Iron Man series more than I've enjoyed an Iron Man comic in a long time. I they agree. can do whatever they want on Iron Man. I'm waiting for Power Man Iron Fist. Oh, my God. Uh, Sanford, Sanford Green <laughs> oh, put, he, he had the seriously. pile of, of finished pages for issue one just, just piled up and he took a photo of it to say, you know, really? it was jumbled. You couldn't really see all the pages on Facebook, yeah. but they were all stacked, like all in a big pile. And he's just like, Oh, I'm sending off issue one. And my gods, dude, like the, I, I hope that comic's a hit because Me that too. looks yeah. so fun. Like, and you know, again, we got, we had a chance to talk to Sanford at, at New York and this is literally a dream project for him and David Walker. I mean, they have dreamed about doing Power Man and Iron Fist at Marvel for seven, eight years. Like it's been actual, a little bit, a legit dream since they've been friends that they, you know, they said to themselves, imagine if we ever got to do Power Man and Iron Fist and bring it back and they're doing it. Like that's so freaking cool. So you know there's going to be so much love into that book. Oh, you could see it in his eyes when he was yeah, talking yeah. to us. He was, there, there, there was no facade there at all. He was very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, and just yeah. to reiterate, I mean, because I, I, I don't, again, I don't want to be like we're well into an hour in and we're we're, we're shitting all on stuff. Like, I, I'm 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 enjoying quite a few of the all new X Men. I mean, not the, the all new uh, Freudian slip there, the all new books. Like, I I thought the the new Hulk with uh, the next show was hella entertaining. I, yes. I, I um yeah, it looks good. yeah, it looks good. It's funny. It's it's drawn well. Um, I think I I probably like the first issue of Illuminati more than you guys, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> um. You know, so I mean, I read the um, second issue of Vision, and that was as much as I enjoyed the first issue. I think the second issue was was that much stronger. It built on what the first issue established, but as far as um, fleshing out, no pun intended, the the characters and the uh, the world they live in and what they have to put up with. And then the last page was another one where. Um, that, uh, it's not gonna end well for anybody that, I mean, we, we personally like Tom King, but I mean, to, the, the, to actually read and enjoy what he's putting out, whether it's Grayson or, um, the Dark Side War one shot or the, uh, he's, he's got the Robin War parts coming out, but it, it's, Vision has just been, it's been two issues. It looks great. Walter's art is fantastic. It's, it's, the story really, really well, but, and, and Jordy's coloring the hell out of it. But, um, you know, what Tom's doing with these characters isn't something that I ever would have expected. Yeah. It's not the vision of the vision of Scarlet Witch miniseries or, you know, the, any of the old Avengers stories. This is, uh, something else entirely, but it's still really, really good. So it, it is, it's, it's on my short list. If someone's like, you know, listen, I want to try something new, then this, this would definitely be it because even though it's vision who was an Avenger and saved the earth many, many times, this is a, a really solid jumping on point and you don't have to know anything about the character. You're just, you're, you're going in on the ground floor and it's been great. So you're absolutely right. I mean, there is where we're, little hard on some of the things only because of for various reasons but 
you know, what we're, what we're digging, we're, we're really digging. Yeah. And I was just going to, and I know uh, just Black Knight we talked about, we dug, I really, yep. I'm, I'm three issues in loving the Sam Wilson Captain America book. I think that's been great. Uh, definitely, as we talked about, I think two weeks in a row, the last uh, two or three weeks back, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, awesome first issue. Yep. So again, a lot, a lot of the books are hitting me, hitting, hitting it for me. I just, I just, I just, I felt compelled to not just go out on a negative note on the Marvel stuff because it's, yeah. It's just, but look, I mean, I mean we got to keep it real. If, if we're, if there's, true. there's what, 50 new Marvel books coming out and I mean, we're not, I mean, we're just not going to, it's unreasonable to think that we're going to love everyone. And look, I, I mean, generally, I think, we read lots of stuff that doesn't hit home and we just probably just end up not talking about it. So it's not like, um, but we also are organic. We don't have scripts and it just ended up where we ended up talking about a couple books in a row where we kind of weren't feeling. And I, you know, yeah. One of the books I'm very, very enthusiastic about, and I cannot wait for it to be published. Did you guys see the preview pages for weird world? Yeah, of course. The, the ongoing. Yeah. Oh my, my goodness. Uh, Sam Humphreys is writing and Mike Del Mundo is back on the art. It looks incredible. Del Mundo is a beast. Mm-hmm. He is. And, uh, so, so that, that's the, like one of those little oasis, um, in the, in the, if, if should hero fight hero, whatever. Right. At least you'll have, you'll have like Weird World and, and hopefully Power Man and Iron Fist to get you over the hump. I mean, it's not, it, I don't think that, that it's going to pervade all the books. I really hope it doesn't. So we'll see. I don't see how it could with Weird World. Right? No doubt. Anybody read any non-Marvel stuff? Well, I on that subject, I was doing my previews order. And I, I realized, I'm going through the book. I, I make a couple passes. I, I pull out the big black Sharpie. And I make a couple passes. I'm going through. I, I circle things. And the, the ones I really, really want, I circle in black. Oh, you're so cute. Big circle. No, and and the ones I'm like, adorbs. I'm like, all right, you know, we'll see if I have any any budget left over. So I put a little so M. Funny. I put yeah, Mister, you know, Rockefeller. I, I put an M next to some things. That means maybe. <laughs> I have a code. I have I have, a, I have a way of doing it, and I almost completely blow by, you know, Marvel. DC was very interesting this month. The Vertigo stuff has me intrigued. It's all good. I, I, since next week we have the theme episode, it's not going to happen, but I have been keeping notes on every one of the new Vertigo series. And yeah. so maybe, you know, again, two, three weeks from now, whenever we get around to it, I, I have to say, I'm going to make the prediction. I don't know how the sales are going. So I, I I'm not, this isn't a, a this isn't a business I can only proclamation, s- but the I, quality Vertigo is yeah. back, dude. Good. They're I back. can only speak local. Because I, I asked um, two gentlemen how the sales of the Vertigo things are going, and the response from both was mediocre to not well. Well, that's a shame because because and, yeah. and I'm not shocked by that because I do think that it's a tougher it's, it's a tougher market out there for 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 new stuff, especially stuff that's not but uh, that's not Image. I think Image has kind of overtaken Vertigo, and that people are willing to try almost any Image book. Um, mm-hmm. but I tell you, man, like I said, I, I, we'll get into it another couple weeks down the road, but I've, I have read every first issue, if, if not two of the issues, but I've, I've read the first, at least of every of the new series. And it's a phenomenal collection of comic books. Like as first issues go, they've, it's, you won't. And again, all right, I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to put something out there. The, the average quality of the first issues of this Vertigo relaunch 
crushes the average quality of the first issues that Image has put out in the last year. Nice. That's my strong take. That that's unbelievable. Wow. And again, meaning well, that Image has put out so many, and and yeah. look, some of my when we do the eleven classes, some of my favorite books on the stands, and some of my favorite new books are Image books. I'm not besmirching what Image is doing, but I think Image is at the point where they're putting out so much stuff that there's a lot of clunkers yeah. and there's a lot of great stuff. And you average it out, and you get above average comics, but you know it's a it's a pretty big variance. I think with Vertigo. Uh, I don't know if it's what eight or not, whatever the, however many new issues. I mean, every series, I'm not saying every series is like ideally suited for my personal tastes or that every series is something that I would be in love with. But from a quality standpoint, they're, they're great, man. I think, I think they're phenomenal. Cool. I'm looking forward to them, but I'm waiting for the collected editions. Cool. I can't have the singles. Yeah, cool. The, but no, no, I, the, I haven't read. A lot. Well, are we considering Twilight Children part of this new? Sure, of course. Okay, yeah. all right. So yeah. that was that was a great strong number one. Slash and Burn. I really enjoyed the uh, the first issue of um, Sheriff of Babylon was uh, Baghdad was was just. I really, I, dude. That. I just, I really have to get the goddamn title down straight. But that uh, that looks fantastic. But again, you know, it's and and. Tom is just becoming that he, he's chameleon like with his, with his writing. Cause you, you don't know. It's not, it, for me, it's not the same voice as the dude who, who I just finished reading in the vision or yeah. writing Grayson. And, yeah. and I, I, I absolutely, I love that. That is shout out to Tom, by the way, on that front, I saw tonight uh, on Twitter before we started recording multiversity comics. One of the, I think they're growing in popularity as a comic news site, but, they did their best of uh, the year and uh, they do like a top five for each category. And uh-huh. Tom was their choice for the number one, the best new talent of 2015. Fantastic. Nice. Well-deserved. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, uh, damn, I lost yeah. my train of thought. Oh, no. So I did my previews right. order and it's very difficult for me to do because, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to, pump myself up but i have very rarefied tastes when it when it comes to comics and i i almost and i'm not saying i am elite give me wares dude you know i'm just there's some things that i blow by like i wouldn't even consider them and there are certain pages that stop me dead in my tracks and so it's something a little different i ripped out those pages and i would like to um let you guys in on something Hopefully you stop at these pages as well. But um yes. page three three twenty one, boom, dead in my tracks. And it's all because of Drawn and Quarterly. <laughs> who who I think I think is an awesome publisher. This must be uh Michael DeForge month because Shit. there is um one, two, three, three Michael DeForge titles offered this month. We have Big Kids. Uh, Ant Colony, which I think Jason already has, and uh, First Year Healthy. But all of those paled in comparison to the book that really captured my interest. It's been a long time coming. And if you um, look behind the curtain here, a lot of these things are um, in the wake of the Picture Box fallout, because many of these things would have come out from Picture Box mm-hmm. Were, were they still extant? But they are unfortunately not. So Drawn and Quarterly is publishing 
Brian Chippendale's Puke Force. And I have been waiting this, for this book forever. Puke Force was serialized on the Picture Box website, uh, the blog. And it's awesome. It's about like, um, well, it's typical of Brian Chippendale. It, he, it, it's, it's funny, but at the core of it, he talks about like, uh, social media and racism and, uh, I mean, just read this, listen, it's all mm-hmm. in there. But it, but it's in that, that beautiful, ratty Chippendale line where he just throws it down. He's making comics because the guy has comics in his blood and he's got to purge. He's got to get it down on the page. If you're looking for every line to be perfect, you don't want to read Brian Chippendale comics. You know, um, if you're, you're steeped in the mainstream, this is not going to trip your trigger. But if you like things a little different, you want to explore, you want to branch out, you want to try something that uh, listen to a voice that you're not going to hear from a mainstream publisher, puke force. Get it. Um, Fanographics. Again, more fallout from Picture Box. Guess what Fanographics is publishing? Power Masters Book Four. <laughs> I saw I saw that and thought, oh, it's just gonna be off the off the off. Oh my goodness. I, I, you know what I got uh, I thought I'm like I'm looking at the previews and I'm like, how happy is Vince that he's back with the with the J O B so he can order all this shit without getting his wife getting <laughs> relief? There is a massive circle around Power Masters. I bet there was. And some, some I love that too. too. Not only uh Power Masters, but they are also publishing the next volume of Kramer's Ergot. I also this saw th- that. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, holy shit, Vince is off the chains this this month. It it was a great previews. Um, in this uh, volume of Ergot number nine, which clocks in at 296 pages for a cover price of forty five dollars, but it's much less if you uh, go to our sponsor. We've got Michael DeForge, Noel Freebert, Steve Wiseman. Uh, Anya Davidson, Stefan Marks, Abraham Diaz, Leon Sadler, Junior Grofer, Adam Buttrick, Kim Deach, Kim frickin' Deach, Ben wow, Jones, right. Andy uh, Burkholder, Anthony Huchet, Trevor Alexopoulos, uh, Antoine Cassé, Archer Pruitt's in here, Kevin Huizenga, Renee French, and I bet you a lot more that um aren't listed because it I don't think it's done yet and they're probably still receiving submissions. Sure. I'm hoping I'm hoping Josh Bayer gets in here. I'm sure he will. But um it last but not least, I think this last one is gonna escape a lot of people's notice. It's on page three sixty seven from Pantheon Books. Mm-hmm. It's called The Art of Charlie Chan Hak Chi Hardcover, but it's a signed book plate edition. It's a previous exclusive 320 page hardcover for 30 bucks. Google, Google Chan Hak Chi, uh, Charlie Chan Hak Chi. Look at the art. This guy's incredible. And I, I'll be totally honest. I have never heard of him before this, this, uh, solicitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the greatest comic book artist you've probably never heard of when he started making comics in Singapore as a boy of 16 in 1954. Chan expected fame and fortune to quickly follow, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Art of Charlie Chan Hak Chi is an innovative work that challenges the possibilities of the comics medium, creating a double-edged history. So I guess it's a history of the Philippines and a character history of this person, all done through his art. But look at that cover. I gots to have it. 
Jason, did that or did you see that going through? I did not. That's why I'm I'm quiet because I'm actually googling it right now. We're talking giant robots, um, and and the, it's uh, it's not particularly manga esque, but I mean it, the the traces are there, but the cartooning is just amazing. I mean the, he he segs through different kind of stylistic, um, let's call them jackets, effortlessly. Uh, it, some of the things are are made to look like vintage and weathered and uh it's it's a beautiful book and I'm ordering it. It's Holy it's on my damn list. Shit. Oh, did you see it? Yes. Nice, right? <laughs> Signed book plate edition. I want it like a bonnet. 30 bucks. Damn. So I just wanted to go a little previews. I read something for this week. We can get into it later, but I have to just switch it up, go through the, the previews and I mean, cause that is a major part of my month. Oh, me too. That pre- it's, it's like, it's, it, I, I demand like an hour and a half of pure unadulterated daddy time when that comes. Easy, easy. And you know what? Um, like I said, DC really captured my attention this month. I don't know why. But, I mean, it just seems like the, the trades they have on offer, there's Justice League 3000, uh, a new volume of that. Howard Porter is a monster. Sure. The old the old Howard Porter, not so much. This new Howard Porter, oh, my oh, God. Oh, see, that's interesting because I, I was going to say, like, old Howard Porter doesn't do it much for him. So you're saying he's right. got a new, no. new look. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. then. And there's a some kind of dark side war with the Justice League. Yeah, that's going to smack you in the face, man. I, yeah. No, it's it's not good. No, dude, he's, he's smacking face because he's fucking I, talked about it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said it. But the the book, the collected edition is very inexpensively priced. Do you want me to tell you exactly what it is? Go for it. All right. You 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 talk about Why you looking at I will say, you know what, again, let's throw some love. I got to give DC credit. They have quietly changed their trade policy where they're much more like all the oh other publishers and they get shit out like like right after the stuff comes out instead of a year later. And uh that's great. And I gotta say it's 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 working for me. I'm I'm I've ordered three X as many D C trades and hardcovers in the last six months as I did before that because of the quicker release because it's still top of mind and it's stuff that's in the ether that I've I'm like, oh I want to read that, you know, whereas in the past if it Gets solicited a year after it came out. It just feels a little stale, and I'm like, ah, whatever. I don't need to read it. So yeah, good job to them. I, it's a hardcover, and it includes. Um, well, it doesn't say what it includes, but um, uh, Francis Manipal, Scott Collins, 200 pages, 29.99 for a hardcover. Damn. So if you know, but with the DCBS discount, it's like 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's not bad, but it says that it, um, Justice League Dark Side War one shot starring Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, Superman, Lex Luthor, and Shazam. What does that mean? Say it again. It's the power of the gods. Yes. Okay, so after with the with the current Justice League monthly with the ongoing, uh, they had the um, the dark. Well, it was the Dark Side War, but it was when when Anti Monitor. Comes, comes back, uh, they basically, Darkseid is, well, we'll say killed, and those members of the Justice League plus Lex Luthor end up with the powers of the new gods. So the Flash becomes 
Black Racer. Right. Batman becomes... Uh, uh, Batman that's, that's sits that's in Metron in the Mobius chair. What? Um, you have... Uh, I'm going to get this. It's good, dude. Batman as Metron is legit. Um, he actually, the, the one shot where he was, um, of, of the dark side, Justice League, the dark side war, the Batman one shot, uh, looked really good, but it was, uh, he went, um, and visits Joe Chill in prison and, and basically just tortures the shit out of him. Um, because he can, because there's no, there's nothing he doesn't know. So, uh, it's, it's been a, um, it's been the the Shazam one was probably my least favorite so far. I read the Batman one. I read the uh, the Superman one wasn't bad. It was um, he he just you know I had to overcome and and thank God Jimmy Olsen was there to help him out. But the the Green Lantern one was why don't was, you just spoil was, it for me? Why don't I'm you? just letting you know how it goes. Uh, <laughs> the uh, how's that feel? So the the <laughs> the Green Lantern one was uh, Zinga. That was really good, but it, it's been, um, I'm, I'm ready for the, the, uh, these one shots to end so we can continue the story. But I mean, but this, this goes back to, um, the free comic book day when, and, and they've been slowly with, with the awesome, fantastic Fabuk art. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, no, you should get this collection when it comes out, dude. Put it on the door. Is that look? There's a character on the front. It could be Light Ray. Uh, he's got like white lines on his legs, circular patterns on his knees. It, it kind of looks like Light Ray, but then again, it kind of doesn't. Who is that character? I'd have to, oh, let me go to, I'll go to the DC section and pre- Um, no, it's Hal. It looks like Hal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it's Hal. And that stupid new Because he's, he's got the, he's got, no, he's got the, the the lantern symbol on his chest, but it's in white. And uh, he's you look at the cover; it looks like Hal to me. And it, was there what what role did Hal play? Light the, ray. Um, yeah, maybe he was. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense then. Yeah, I'm gonna get this. You should definitely, you definitely should. Yeah, it's legit. Cool. I just put it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was that. That's Hal. Yeah. Cool. All right, I'm done. That's it, really? No, I got more for later, but let me let's just talk something um, else. You guys gonna break my heart if you don't start reading Paper Girls? Uh, dude, I I'm about to start the third issue. So, oh, that's what I'm trying to say. Then, okay. <laughs> what do you think of the Who first two? I I dug the first one, especially when you get to the end okay, of it. But I really no no I I thought the second one was better. Oh, okay, cool. Well, the third one's even better. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's wacky. I don't know what the hell to expect. I just figured, hey, it's it's Vaughn. It's but I'm not. I kind of wish, and this is just me. Well, that, I, I, I that it was the Cliff Chang that drew Wonder Woman. It's not exactly that. It 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 it's fitting. It works. But I I kind of like the um the cleaner Cliff. Okay. Uh, this is more like the um the what was the name of that graphic novel he did that was uh, the Scramble uh, Commission. Oh, that one, yes, yeah, that was the um what the, the hell the Neil, uh, Neil Young, right? Neil Young book. Yeah, what the hell was the name of that, Vince? Everville or Greenville? Green Granville. 
I'm sorry. What are you talking? The Neil Young, Young graphic novel from a few years back. At the Green Green Dale. Yeah, right on it's, it. It's more like that. But well, I will tell you that uh, the third issue I thought was the best yet. Like I said, and um, this is like the Goonies meets Close Encounters. It's crazy. Like it is to your point. Like it's like I, the first issue. I thought, okay, this is like a female Stand by Me. I can get with this. This is gonna be cool. <laughs> yeah. And now, like, dude, in the third issue, I mean, there's fucking mutants and ninjas and pterodactyls and I mean like it's bananas and I love it, it I, I mean like you said Vince comics should be crazy right they should be they should and this is crazy it is un, I literally don't know what's going to happen next and I love it I love it there's like it's just it's just bananas it's absolutely bananas and uh, I love the color palette and I love that it's set in the 80s um be curious to our listeners when you when you react to the episode. If you're not a person who grew up in the '80s like we did, um, what does it? The fact that it's set in the '80s does it make it harder for you to enjoy more? Do you care? Because um, again, it is a period piece, and I mean, we lived in the '80s, so we we see these things and they they're little Easter eggs for us. But if I was born in, you know, if I was born in 1992, I I don't know that any of this would really matter, right? So. Right. One more, but yeah, man, I, I just think it's great. I mean, um, I, I it's like, again, we're doing the level of Oscars and I feel like Saga had that multi-year run when it was coming out where he was just BKB was back on top and everybody's top choice. And then I don't think Saga has waned in quality, but I think it's just people have gotten so used to it existing that it's not, I don't hear it talked about much anymore. Right. And then, um, uh, the, the book he just started coming out with from Image, um, the one with the Canadian. Oh, uh, we stand on guard. Yeah. That's been okay, but it, it's definitely, at least to this point, been my least favorite Brian K. Vaughn book. I think this week the last issue shipped. It was a six issue minute. Okay. Um, but I mean, I, it, not to say I, I, it's not like I'm disliking it per se, but it's just, it definitely didn't hold me like his other works have held me in the year, over the years. But this man, whew, I don't know. There's just something magical about it. I, I, I'm, like I said, I don't know where it's going. I, I can't profess to even if someone say what's the plot, give me the elevator pitch. I don't even know that I could. But, but uh, it's been a, a super entertaining, and I love the I love the girls. I think they're all they're all distinct and 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 unique and have great great voices. They're sassy and smart and have awesome dialogue back and forth with one another. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a blast. I'm glad you're enjoying it too. Yes, no, definitely. I got to get on that. Yeah, you got to get a lot of stuff. Seriously. Tell us something else you're loving. Oh, well, when I need something to read, uh, and I don't feel like looking through the recent acquisitions, like, oh, man, what am I going to bring to the show this week? My go-to is classic newspaper comics. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it enough. Like I try and be topical most of the time, right. but there's, but uh, you know, there's a lot of times when I just don't want to read something new. I don't, I, I, I get in these periods of, of not caring. Uh, I, I like to go back to the past to really be shown how it's done right. Sure. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, a, a dick saying that. I'm just, uh, there was a, an approach to comics in the, in the golden years that, is not is not followed today um, for for a lot of reasons. Maybe because our values have changed. Like when I tell you 
the the main story in this thing I read, you're gonna be like, why did you keep turning the pages? Mm-hmm. Because it was done so well. Um, this uh, magazine was published by uh, the American Comic Archive, and it, it's it's nothing more than, um, and much to its credit, nothing more than a collection of of vintage newspaper comics in the sequence uh, with which they were presented. Uh, it's called Big Fun. And this is the third issue. <laughs> it was published in um, 19... Come on. Oh, sorry. It was published in 2005. And you got Captain Easy by Leslie Turner. You got Frank Robbins. Oh, come on. Doing these goofy ads for um colonos mouthwash slash toothpaste <laughs> it this setup's basically the same no it's cool the, uh, the setup's basically basically the same um someone is told that their breath smells like uh, shit but since it's like the 40s they tiptoe around they say "Ooh, that person has dental double trouble and it's like what are you talking about dental double trouble no dragon breath your teeth are bad and you have um, you know, dirty teeth and bad breath. That's dental double trouble. But if you use this colonos toothpaste, you swish it around in your mouth when you're done brushing like a mouthwash and it freshens your breath as well. Something that every toothpaste should do, right? But this is the forties and it's just like, Oh, Jimmy doesn't like me. Well, maybe it's cause your breath smells like shit. Try this toothpaste. And that's the setup. But Robbins goes out of his way to show women in in like lingerie or, you know, pining for their bow and they're sitting at their, their dressing table and they got the bra and panties on. It's crazy. I don't know where these ads appeared, but it was like 1946, uh, you know, a girl's fishing with her mm-hmm. brother and he, and she's like, uh, Jimmy doesn't talk to me. W- what's the deal? You know, well, your breath smells like ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. Like but, stank on so you. you got, you got Frank Robbins in here. Uh, Scorchy Smith Good old by Scorch. Bert Chrisman. Yep. And Lance, uh, who is a very big hit with ladies, uh, by Warren Tufts. But the one I really want to talk about is Captain Easy, which used to be called Wash Tubs, but they changed the name of the strip. Um, this is done by, uh, Leslie Turner, not the original artist on, um, Wash Tubs, but he is phenomenal in a nutshell. Captain Easy has a friend, and his name is Gig Wilty. Is that the most awesome name? Gig Wilty. Unfortunately, Gig is a recovering alcoholic, and he's known in the neighborhood as a lush. Uh, and he calls himself an alky. He's like, yeah, I'm an alky, and, and, I, and I go to these meetings, and I help other alkies. And so he's recovering. He's got a daughter. Uh, his wife left him, or I think, I think maybe even the wife died. Uh, so he's a single, single parent with a, a young daughter, just trying to make, you know, trying to stay sober and make a living for himself and do good by his daughter. And Captain Easy helps him out, but he's finding it hard to be both a father to his daughter and to earn money. So, um, he's looking for somebody to ease the burden and, and help out with his daughter. Uh, he has a girlfriend named Jan 
who kind of sort of distanced herself from him only because of his troubles. Like, I guess he's fallen off the wagon more than once. So this is his longest time sober. Uh, basically because, you know, he loved, he, he, he knows what love is. He knows, loves his daughter and he loves this Jan person, but she's kind of keeping distant. And her mother's like, you know, you should really watch out for that dude because he's an alky and, uh, you know, he can always fall off the wagon. She's like, yeah, yeah, but I love him. Um, and, and, um, Jan's friend, Sarah comes to visit and Sarah's a bitch. True and true died in the wool bitch. And she's always taken everything Jan loved away from her. Like that's her thing. She comes in, she acts one way, but in, on the flip side, she's really working against Jan to make her life miserable. So she comes to visit and she, she gleans that, you know, Gig has a problem. So she plays it up and she tries to cozy up to Gig and make Jan think that Gig is interested in her, but he's really not. He loves Jan. And it's, it sounds like an episode of Three's Company, right? Mm-hmm. But the, but the artwork is so great. It's, it, there's nothing really extravagant about it. Um, there's a lot of zipatone, a lot of, uh, it may have even been done on like the craft tint paper with the, uh, the different, uh, line, uh, you know about craft tint. I've talked about sure. it a lot. You, you use one developer and the lines go one way and use another developer, the lines go another way. It's an easy way to cross hatch using like a brush. Um, so, you know, uh, Gig's trying to get everything situated and he almost falls out. Like, like he goes and he helps other alcoholics. He tries to talk them down in, in moments of stress, but, uh, Sarah makes Jan think that he's with her. So it's like, it's like Peyton Place, Three's Company, but I love these old timey strips. I, I, I can just, it's like candy. I, I read one, gotta read the next one. And and it's not like they're episodic, right? Because they were printed one a day, but they don't rehash anything. Maybe once in a while they'll say like, "Yeah, here's where we are and what we're doing." Maybe every, you know, fourteen or 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 multiple of seven strip, but it's it's not a constant like, um, just not Jim Shooter where every strip is your first one. They don't because <laughs> they don't they only have three panels, right? Right. And if you if you got to keep the story moving, you got to. You gotta pony up or the narrative falls flat. And it's just, they're amazing. Uh, it's, 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 it's really not deep stuff, but it's, it, the, there's a mastery behind the presentation where I can read hundreds and hundreds of pages of Captain Easy and, and never tire. And Fanographics has a bunch of collections. I think they have five. To date, mm-hmm. hardcover Captain Easy. Uh, it's not Roy Crane. Roy Crane was the one that originally, I, I believe, was the original artist on Wash Tubs. This is not Roy Crane, but it's just, I, I think, it's just as good. And um, there's a simplicity to it that we don't get in in contemporary comics. There's no uh, opportunity to branching off in 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 tie-in stories or crossover things. There, there, the 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 the, the the crux of these strips is just to get you to read them every day. That That's all they wanted to do. It wasn't read this and then when you're done with this, read that. No, it was like come to the newspaper, read my strip, and I'm happy. And that to me, that's my that's a safe place for me. Sure. It's it's a very comfortable, safe place. I, I I love me some some Popeye, vintage Popeye 
and like Mickey, uh, Carl Barks and Mickey Mouse with Floyd Gottfredson. Those, those things are gold to me. And I don't always bring them to the show because to encapsulate those kind of stories that go on friggin' forever would be one, kind of boring. Uh, two, you know, there's really no need for it. The, the work like speaks for itself. I say, I say peanuts, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? right? Hells yeah. Alley, alley oop, little Nemo. But, but I mean, if, if the, you ever enter a period where, you know, the, the monthlies aren't doing it for you, seek out some, some vintage, um, comic strip collections. Mm-hmm. Cause, you know, they are comics. They're just not presented the way you're used to. They're in three panels. It's great stuff. Sounds awesome. Yeah, you're a hard sell on on some of the vintage yeah. comics. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's not even like I make fun of you with the pole stuff, but it's not that I I, I would be into this stuff. I, I I just because it's not it's not stuff that I have nostalgia for. I, I don't like I don't pursue it. This is true, but but I think I would be interested in a lot of it. Like you got me. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I forget if it was you or Dak who got me the Prince Valiant stuff a few years back, but it was you, right, Dak? <laughs> Dak. I don't think so. Wait, was it? I think you did. I'm not sure. I think, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, and that's amazing stuff. Like, I mean. Oh, yeah. And obviously, I just talked about Peanuts last week. Like, no, so, but yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I love Cal, I, I mean, in terms of modern comic strips, I love this Cal, I mean, Calvin and Hobbs and, and Farside and, and, uh, right. and, and Bloom County Doonesbury. and Doonesbury. I mean, that's, it's all awesome. So, yeah, so I'm not. But yeah, the old school strip stuff. Yeah, it's it's just it's not that I'm not into it. I, I it, it's just a white space really for me. I find uh, Prince Valiant very hard to read. Yeah. It's gorgeous though. It's that's exactly why I find it hard to read. Too, because too gorgeous. Excuse excuse me. No, I get caught up in, in the, the, art. the art in the artifice behind each panel, and I lose track of the with, story. Right, right, right. With me, I, I tend to lose track of the story because I would read the daily strips and. Sundays and Prince Valiant was only was a Sunday only strip, and it's not that I wouldn't remember. It's just it's everything else I'm consuming every day, and then there's just this one on the bottom of the fold, larger than some of the other strips, and it does look great. It's just I wouldn't be able to. I, I can't. I could never follow it from one week to the next. Mm-hmm. Friggin'. Uh, Andy, uh, Andy Cap and, uh, Little Abner. Holy shit. I, I consume Little Abner like crazy. Did you know that Frazetta worked on Little Abner for a, a I period? Did, yeah. I think you've sold us that yeah. before. That's why. Yeah. Sweet. Vintage strips. Love them. Word. Anybody have collections of vintage strips and you don't like them, send them to me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, really? I'd be a whore. I don't care. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. So, what else do we have? Should we, well, we're over two hours. You want to bring this sucker home? Let's do our inner travels, you know, or do our normal meandering. All right. Uh, once again, brothers and sisters, this episode has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get amazing discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as from Vertigo. Jason's right. You should always trust Jason. Uh, Dark and Bloody Number One. It's a six-issue miniseries, written by Sean Aldridge, art by Sc- Scott Godzlewski. He's great. I love his yes, stuff. Sir. Uh, cover, cover price three ninety-nine. Your price? Get this. I don't think I mentioned this first time around. Ninety-nine cents. 
That's 75% yeah. off. Try and get that kind of a discount at your LCS. Just try. I won't be responsible for broken bones or abrasions. Uh, from Image, Mirror number one, uh, Emerios, Hui Lim. It's an ongoing. It's two ninety nine. Respect, but you can get it for half that dollar forty nine. This is the first issue, and from Dark Horse, I am a hero. Omnibus number one, uh, reprinting the first two volumes of I Am a Hero, uh, purported to be the best zombie manga ever, but we'll see. Uh, Twenty bucks cover price. Uh, your price nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Seriously, DCBService.com. Go. Um, I read a new Mignola miniseries, obviously from Dark Horse. This is the first issue of five, written by Mr. Mignola and Christopher Golden, art uh, by Patrick Reynolds, uh, letters by Clem Robbins, colors by Guess. Guess who did the colors on this? Dave Johnson. Dave yeah, Stewart. I'm kidding, because I said it earlier. <laughs> Ah, you're playing off your yeah. mistake earlier on. Uh, this is called Joe Golem, Occult Detective. Uh, we have um, a gumshoe uh, named Simon Church. Simon's getting on in years. He's old. And he is getting a little bit dejected because he's outlived all his uh, compatriots. He's seen a lot of people die. And he's tired of it. Sick and damn tired of watching people die and he gets to survive. Why? Why am I living and all these, these people are dead? Uh, one night his build, he just happens to have a golem in his room. Um, I didn't read the original novel. I'm, uh, this is, uh, supposed to be adapted from an original Mignola novel. I didn't read it. So I'm a little bit at loss as to why, uh, Simon Church has a golem in his room, but he does. He's got a golem in a, in a box in his room. And uh, one night, it's raining, it's dark, the weather's shitty, and his place is struck by lightning. Um, and he notices uh, pieces of the golem are, are flaking off, and underneath all that clay and shit, right? Because wasn't a golem made from clay and shit? Um there is living flesh. It was really cool the way they did it too. He's uh, stumbling around in the darkness and he lights a, a candle and he goes up to the, to the golem and he, the, the, the light, um, his face is under, uh, lit from beneath and you see the long shadow at the bridge of his nose. Really neatly done. And you see the golem and there's a, he's all gray and brown and, and mottled and nasty. But around the eye socket where the piece flaked off, there's, there's pink, uh, there's Caucasian skin. So um, I guess time passes and the golem has been chipped away from his prison. And the golem is a detective as well. His name's Joe. And uh, he invested, he's, he's hip deep in this case where a young boy was taken by something from the sea. And uh, the backdrop of this story is uh, for some reason, the waters of the planet have risen and New York is mostly underwater. Manhattan. And it's, uh, they call it specifically something, the city, city in the sea or city by the sea. Um, and, uh, there are witches running around stealing babies. 
and sea creatures stealing little children. Uh, I, I thought this was really good. Uh, it was a different take. It, it's not the Hellboy universe, but, uh, so far it has captured my interest. Mm-hmm. I want to know why New York is underwater. How did that get that way? Um, why is, where did this golem come from and, and why does he have a, uh, penchant for righting wrongs? I mean, you get some of it, um, some backstory, but we, it's only the first issue, so we've only scratched the surface. I think this is another, um, Mignola winner. Nice. This character could, it, it could seg well. In, in the Hellboy universe. And I'm not current on my Hellboy, so maybe he's appeared in, in the Hellboy universe before. I don't know. Joe Golem, Occult Detective number one. Very enjoyable. Damn. Yeah. Oof. Uh, well, in your travels, and this kind of goes back to, uh, this is, this is more of a thank you than in your travels, but Behemoth number four by, uh, Chris Pignac and, uh, J.K. Woodward. You, um, if, if you've ever been, uh, dying to see me being attacked and chased by a monster, then now's your chance because J.K. used me in the issue along with Daryl, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Murd and a few other folks. But, uh, so there, there's that. That was a, that, that was a, a very late in the episode. Thank you. But definitely check it out. The fourth issue, uh, was released this week. Uh, in your travels, um, as far as the non-Marvel stuff, I did read, um, Twilight Children number three, which I, I'm not going to really get into that. I'll, I'll let Jason read the third issue and then maybe we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it, uh, next month. But the, I did read the second issue of Black Magic by Greg Rucka and, uh, yes. Nicholas Scott and, uh, Chiari Arena. That was, uh, that, yeah, no nudity this time around, but it was still a, um, there was still enough there to keep you, I'm not guessing, but keep you going. You know, you wanted, she's obviously, um, Rowan is not, uh, being forthcoming as far as the events from the previous issue. Uh, but you're getting a little bit more of the people in her circle, um, professionally, uh, and, and, um, as far as Wiccans go. So there's, there's, Greg knows how to flush characters out and, and he's, uh, he's definitely doing that here. I, um, you know, nobody, the only people who were kind of annoying and that's by design are the, uh, are the IAB investigators and, and, uh, but pretty much everybody else you, you, um, there's, there's some weight to them. You, you, you get the sense that, you know, this, these are the kind of interactions that these, these people would be going through on a daily basis, but the, uh, the art is still strong. Um, there's some of it, because it it feels like it's and even though there's a colorist on the book it looks like these are basically just miss scott's pencils um so sometimes that it doesn't feel flat but there's no there's not the uh the depth that you would get if if it was fully embellished or colored and um some of the faces 
kind of um blend into to the clothing it's just it it's i i kind of have to just pay attention to what people are saying and not get so focused on the heads that the words are coming out of but it it's still a great looking book it's still set in an area or the whole they fish somebody out of the water there's just every time i was like you you thought things might be slowing down or there's just a lot of talking happening and and you're wondering you know when things are going to pick up things do kind of pick up a little bit so it's it's a really cool ride and and still um i may have been a little hard on the first issue based on my expectations or just from the previous work the 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 creators have done but the second issue um really kind of got its hooks in me so i uh i'm looking forward to the third i definitely recommend uh black magic for your new travels black versus white that that was really cool mm-hmm. i that that which again gets to the whole point where you know so she's just going to have a conversation with her partner and then the other two detectives who were investigating the body come in and you're like oh hey by the way just like the dude that they took out of the out of the drink was uh you know somebody connected to a previous case so they're just when you think like okay you know something i'm ready for something to happen something happens and and it's just another it leads you down the rabbit hole a little further but yeah that whole black versus white thing was was pretty spiffy so i you know and you don't know what to expect this isn't this isn't any sort of uh story that was where we're, we're picking up where anybody left off we're all and on the ground floor. So, uh, I, I really, really like it. Yeah. I'm with you. I really enjoyed that second issue. I, I, I like the first one, but I think the second one was, was got sort of, we can kind of feel the momentum building. Now the, the engine starting to churn full speed. Yes. Yes. Uh, in your travels, um, again, mentioned the vertigo stuff. I want to shout out two of them in particular. Uh, one shout out to our boy. We're giving him a lot of love this week. Uh, Mr. Tom King, and Mr. Mitch Jarrods, uh, Sheriff of Babylon, uh, Dap mentioned it briefly earlier. Uh, but again, this, it's definitely worth your time. Set in, uh, Baghdad in 2003. Uh, Chris Henry is a, uh, he's a military contractor, but he's, he's, he's police from Florida. And his job has basically been training the Iraqi police force. And, um, he ends up partnering up with a guy that's essentially the last cop in Baghdad and, uh, there's a lot of people pulling strings, putting them together. What are their motives? And it's just a super tightly written uh, book that, you know, if you're reading it, you're going to feel like it's, uh, I don't watch Homeland, but I do often see it be, uh, in the periphery because my wife loves it. So if, you know, it's, it's, it's got that, that, that feel of, of, of real espionage and, and, and real intrigue and political over, overtone. And no surprise because, uh, in Tom's prior life, he was, uh, in the CIA, uh, and in Iraq. So he, he, this is not just him imagining what it would have been like. He actually lived this life. So, um, very, very well done. And definitely a book that, uh, I, I hope this book gets as much attention as all of Tom's superhero stuff, because, um, I know this is a book that's a, a personal passion for him and it is creator owned. So he has some loot coming his way if this, you know, if this goes places. Um, and then another vertigo book, uh, art ops, which, is uh it's it's written by Sean Simon um who did the uh the fabulous killjoys along with Mitch uh with uh, Jared Way um 
but the art is by Mr. Allred, Mr. Mike Allred. Uh, it's a really fascinating premise. Um, it's not dissimilar to the world of the five ghosts or the fables in that it's a fantastical type of scenario, but it's, it's the conceit here is, uh, something is making famous works of art come to life. Uh, and no, it's not Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. So in the first arc, uh, Mona Lisa escapes and she's a fucking hell on, she's hell on earth. Yes. Uh, and, um, Reggie Riot is the, I guess you could say he's the protagonist, but he's, he's the head of this group that is in, whose job is to track down these escaped art characters and, and get them back kind of like Ghostbusters. And, uh, just a, like I said, it's a, such a unique idea. It's, it's nothing I've ever heard of in any other type of fiction, much less comics. And uh, Allred's the perfect vessel for this. Uh, and I really enjoyed the first issue. I thought it was super creative, and um, uh, it, it just totally grabbed me out of nowhere. I had no expectations for this book going in. I tried it basically because I committed to trying all the Vertigo books, and I figured, worst case, I'm getting some Allred art. But uh, just a, a, an amazing an amazing first issue and uh, the conceit is something they could have so much fun with when you think about all the just, gosh, I mean all the different types of art that, you know, famous works of art that are abstract and just, there's just, they could have a lot of fun with this just in all different ways. It's it, 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 it the idea reminded me of how I was excited about proof back in the day. You, know, <laughs> you just, you could, you could have so much fun because there's such a established lore. I mean, he there's so many different ways they could go here. So, um, Motor you- is a great, Okay. Good. Uh, did, did you read the second issue yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I I started it. I didn't get to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they can have a lot of fun with this in a lot of different directions. So, so my recos here are the Sheriff of Babylon by Tom King and Mitch Jarrods and Art Ops by Sean Simon and Mike Allred. Yay! Mm-hmm. I'm most interested in Art Ops. It's yeah, great. man. It'll be right up your alley. I mean, and 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 again, you know, Mona Lisa's a relatively realistic. First choice, so I hope that as we see more art ops, that they 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 have fun with it and, and go a little crazy. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna see the scream running around. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like all kinds of things, yeah. right? Like that. I, that's what I hope. I hope we like we see like something from a, like a yeah. like a Clint p- picture or something from like a Dali picture. Like just it'll be great. Millions of soup cans. Yeah, melted clocks, right? Just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I'm in the bathroom at CBGB. Get the, mm-hmm. get them, get the trades out fast. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Once again, if you uh, really liked what you heard here, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you uh, downloaded this mess and uh, come back next and week. And remember, Star yes. Wars, The Force Awakens next week. We will be all Star Wars. So okay. get your top five lists in. And if you have anything else that you think might be a good topic of conversation, you never know. We, we, we may uh, just send it our way this week and, if it tickles our fancy, we may work it into the episode. Sure. Uh, come back because David really needs to have you here. Oh, yes. You do. I do too. Jason does as well. Um, and as always, uh, say good night, David. Good night, David. It's, it's a superpower. It's what it is. You're so good at I that. Am so good. He is. He's he's good at a lot of things. He was right in the Windows 10 recommendation. I like it. Oh, really? Because I've been holding off on installing it. Oh, do it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like it. Uh, This episode is completely recorded in Windows 10.
gone is that goofy front layer, thankfully. Yeah, fucking Metro tiles. So yeah. silly. I mean, they're still there. Yeah, but you can, but you can also, you can shrink that, uh, that start screen. You can, you can push that off to the side. That's, you know that's what I'm I like? actually tweaking your work right now. I'm, I'm, I'm using an XML. I'm exporting the, the, the menu the way I want it to look so that it'll be across the entire campus. But unfortunately, group policies is being a dick. It shows up on some of the machines, but not on some of my other test machines. So I just need to, I got till tomorrow to figure it out. Then I'm like, fuck you, I'll figure it out for the next two weeks. Notifications is great. Like the Action Center, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's sweet. Sweet. But uh, we're not a tech podcast, so we will we will yeah, dispense with done. that and just say come back next week because we love you. Why not? Say bye. bye. Don't